And once again, we caution you. These stories are definitely not for the timid soul. So we tell you calmly and very sincerely, if you frighten easily, turn off your radio now. I really insisted on having Ron Balaki, and uh, we have a real interesting relationship. Uh, I'm teaching him knife fighting and sword stuff, and he's teaching me Kali and Eskrima, so we're kind of, you know, teaching each other. We're best of friends. I think he's one of the best, you know, fight coordinators and stunt coordinators in the business. It's my first time meeting Ron. I just found Ron to be like a genius choreographer who knows, knows so much about martial arts and, and He's been in the ring, he's been a fighter, he's been law enforcement, and it's great to work with somebody like that. One of the pirates, Alizan, Ron Baliki, is one of the best martial artists in the world. He comes from a direct lineage of uh, Bruce Lee, and his wife is actually Bruce Lee's goddaughter. His father-in-law is Dan Inosato, who was instrumental in developing Jeet Kune Do with Bruce Lee, and actually taught Bruce Lee Filipino martial arts. So you will see a machete fight that it's, to me personally, I think it's off the charts. The moves, the technique and the caliber and the speed we were going, we used real machetes. It was weighted steel machetes and we went for it. There is nothing to this level that has been done on TV. Podcast. I'm Tom Carnell. And I'm Langley West. Episode 176, we have a very special guest. Yes, we do. Uh, somebody that I met a, decades ago, actually, <laughs> at the Deckerberg Academy in Chicago, and that is Ron Balicki. Welcome, Ron. Hey, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on, man. Um, we actually spoke back when you were you and Diana were doing press for I Frankenstein for Dread Central. Oh God, yeah, yeah, that was a few years ago. <laughs> yeah, a couple of years ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, um, thanks for coming on. We want we like to bring people on to talk a little bit about their their career and sort of their their perspective on what they do and what they're really good at. Everything from sculptors to artists and stuff. Well, and 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 this particular show brings together two things that we talk a lot uh, about on this show, and that is martial arts and filmmaking. And Ron <laughs> is uh, prominent in both. So this is going to be awesome. You're yeah, I dabble a little in both. <laughs> <laughs> well, according to my research, so you have a full instructorship, and I'm not telling you this anything you don't know in nine separate martial arts. Do I? Yeah, yeah I guess. <laughs> that's, that's what your Wikipedia says. Everything. Yeah. The, the, the immediately the one that caught my, my my eye was whip fighting. Does that? Does I like? Yeah, I'm already here. I might as well. <laughs> well, no, you know, my my first introduction to the whip, of course, was uh, Guru Dan in Asanto, and uh, he he had trained it under a few people. You know, like the Psyox had taught him, and I think Lacoste had shown him some stuff. And I got going with him with it, and then I met um, uh, Tom Meadows and Anthony Delanges, and it just drew me in deeper and deeper. And then you know, before I knew it, I was wearing a. Uh, a fencing jacket and a hockey mask or a fencing <laughs> and I was sparring you know and uh, it just got it, it was fun and you know I, I mean where was I going to go with it the only place I thought of is maybe the film industry might make me a little more unique 
to be able to pop that thing out and have at it, you yeah. know, which it, I, I'd gotten used a couple times in film, but it's a blast. Though. It became, I was obsessed with it for a long time. Well, let me ask you, uh, training-wise, uh, given the, the additional distance, um, is is an angle one still an angle one? Is it? Oh, most definitely. Yeah, it still. I mean, it still follows like all the angles I've I've learned in the Filipino martial arts systems. Um, you know, the cool thing about it is I went to Africa a few years ago filming Zulu stick fighting with Cold Steel. Nice, yeah, nice. And when I got there, you know, I know Africans use a lot of whips out there. I was in uh, Zululand and. Uh, so I was trying to do the humble thing like Guru Dan tries to teach us to, and I wasn't saying what I knew, but I just said, I want to take a lesson, I want to take a lesson. And I found somebody who did whip, and he started cracking the whip in what they'll call like either a gypsy crack or a circus crack, you know, the standard throw sure. over your shoulder. And, um, and I'm watching, and I'm listening, I'm doing it, and I think Lynn Thompson, the owner of Cold Steel, got a little sick of watching it. And he goes, Ron, show him what you know. And I go, no, 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 no. And then the guy looked at me and goes, what do you know? And I ended up doing it, and he's like, I want a lip le- whip lesson from you. And I'm like, no, I didn't come here to give a lesson. I want a lesson. You're like, look, damn it, I'm a student. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it kind of turned out that way. I'm, I'm interested. You you used the word obsession, and I'm, I'm, I find that sort of in, interesting in that a lot of martial arts are a little, artists are a little bit obsessive about stuff. Would you agree? I'm obsessive about everything, yeah. And when it comes <laughs> to martial arts, I, I mean, it, it, yeah. Um, yeah, you got to be. I mean, who wants to get punched and everything else? You become obsessed with how not to be, although I wasn't real good at it. I still get punched all the time. But, you know, it, it, it's you know, it, it, it's just, I don't know, that that whole thing of just learning, I, I'm obsessed with it, is that every time... You think you know something, and then you walk away from it a little bit, and then I come back at it, and you look at it with new eyes, and you kind of get like, oh, my God, if there's that in it, and I didn't see it, how much more is there in that? And you kind of just research and keep going with it. One of the things that I loved about Ron is that um, it it would be really easy for him to kind of poo-poo stuff, but he is unapologetic, and correct me if I'm wrong, Ron, about the fact that he was a fan first and foremost like like Bruce Lee is your dude right yeah well in a santo and Bruce Lee <laughs> well, yeah well exactly yeah, yeah. and well, but i mean usually the door for for a, a young kid is they see that first Bruce Lee movie and they're just like oh my god you know and that and that that affects you, and then it actually, as opposed to like, oh, I really like these Fast and Furious movies, blah blah blah. It's something where a film has actually, at the very least, kind of steered you in the direction of your life. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, un- undoubtedly. You know, like you think about it, I'm kind of old now. I'm, you know, I was born in '63, so I'm 54. <laughs> I, go, I got, five. I got you by but, four years, buddy. <laughs> Yeah, but, but right, when we were kids. How much? How many Bruce? I mean, Bruce, how many martial arts schools were there oh. in the neighborhood? Nothing. You know, you right. were you, you were hard pressed to find it. So you know, along comes this Green Hornet thing and and Kato, and you're like, oh, I have to know this. And you know, the first thing I found was some judo at a Y, and I did that for a little bit. And then some guy teaching out of a garage like karate stuff. And then I found a kung fu school finally, and I jumped into that. And it, it's just, I think. 
maybe somebody from our era, I hate to say it this way, you know, it's like when I was a kid, I walked, you know, two miles of school. You know, but somebody from our era would appreciate it a little bit more because now it's like fast food. You can find it on every corner. Right. And and so what you found, and if you had it, I mean, you took that toy and you put it in your pocket. You weren't going to throw that thing away because you're going to want to play with it later, you know? Absolutely. Sure. Oh, yeah. So oh, my God. Like in, in like the first... Um the first time that somebody opened a martial arts school in my town, which was like 800 people mm. um, in southern Illinois, uh, it didn't. It wouldn't have mattered what they did. Yeah, they could be t- t- uh, anything. Yeah, I would have. Yeah. yeah, I was there. And uh, yeah, I'm right with you, man. Yeah, it, it, totally. This is exactly where I was going with it. Is you you weren't about to let it go because there's nothing else to choose from. You know, right. it's just. You know, they, you were in the water, and they had some kind of a ship, and who cared if it was a dinghy? You wanted to be on it. Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And then after Bruce, I remember they became more prevalent, and then you then you started finding like you could ch- pick and choose and move around and go. Yeah, like, I, I want to. Depending on where you were, you're like in in my I case, was, it's yeah. like you were doing a Korean martial art, or you weren't doing yeah. shit. You know, it's Taekwondo yeah. or nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm curious, where did you grow up? Chicago. I, ah. I, right in Chicago, in the heart of it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I'm a Chicago boy. Um, uh, I got out of there in uh, right after Brandon passed. In fact, I was driving to California, and I uh, listened to the radio, and they're like, Brandon Lee died. Mm. And I had known Brandon, and it was kind of weird, you know, getting that, because, you know, I, I actually hung out with him in Chicago when he was doing Rapid Fire, and I told him, hey, I'm moving to L.A., and, and it, it was just a weird deal. But so was that, like, 92, 93, something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the worst summer ever. Like, the, yeah. su- the summer before, I'd been to the school in, I want to say it was the summer before. Maybe it was, I'd been to the school in Marina Del Rey, and yeah. uh, and uh, Brandon had been there. And he I didn't get to meet him or anything. He was there, he was training, and then he left. Uh, but... Um, it was like that summer, like when when that happened, w- because the week before um, Brandon passed away, Guto Dan had been at my school, and uh, that's all we could talk about was like, man, Brandon starts rising, and this movie's gonna be yeah. awesome, yeah. and it's just like everything was like golden, right? Mm-hmm. And then and then this happened, and it was like we we literally we closed the school for a week. It was just like oh, sure. yeah, it was the. It was the day before April Fool, April Fool's mm-hmm. Day. Right. And a lot of people thought it was an April Fool's joke. Yeah. You know, bad one. But, I mean, I just remember it was like the 31st or the 30th, so whatever. so nuts. I, I spoke with uh, David Scow, who was one of the writers. He's right. in the boardroom scene. Yeah. Um, he mm-hmm. and Proyas were on a plane after they decided to shut production down. He tells a story of being on a plane and flying back to L.A. And they're, they're saying, we just want to forget, Right. Yeah, in-flight movie, dragging the Bruce Lee God story. God damn it! Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. yeah. And he just talked about how people were. Oh, there's a curse and this yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was like, he he kept saying to me, he was my friend, man. You know. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. yeah. I took a second. You know, I got a lot of, I, I was getting into a lot of trouble with Brandon. Uh, in Chicago, we had gone to a few parties and stuff, and we were getting a little crazy. He was a blast, you know, <laughs> and. and uh, Wait, it's wait. Just, you know, you, did, you he, didn't go to any Randy Williams uh, uh, parties, did you? He was my roommate. <laughs> I, <lived with> <laughs> I, 
I smell <laughs> stories <laughs> together. <laughs> I, yeah, a, I've got I got more Randy stories than you want to know about. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, that's hilarious. That's a guy for the show. <laughs> yeah, that's a guy for the show. Honestly, that guy's witty, fast. He's more entertaining than anybody I know, and he's got. Look, I had just gotten on his sheriff's department, and here I am getting into fights in bars. I'm like, right? I can't do this, you know. And not that he started them, but they always found him. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I gotta say that some people and, are just and, shit magnets, you know. Yeah, yeah. And, and I always came home with it on my feet, on my, you know, just like writing. <laughs> oh my god, awesome! That is so funny. Hey, um, uh, I don't want to talk about fight stories. No, 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 no. We got into a. We got into a little bit of a beef, and I was on a department. And all I know is there was a bunch of them and only a couple of us. And I seen Randy, like, like I don't know, maybe five car lengths away from me. And, and I'm fighting this one guy, and I look up, I see Randy. I'm like, all right, he's okay. And I feel somebody grab my shoulder, and I spin, and I hit the guy because I go, well, Randy's over there. It's got to be somebody who's after me. It was Randy. Somehow he made it. In a big circle. I hit him right in the face. He looked at me. He's like, what the fuck? You know, you got all pissed off. And I'm like, sorry, dude. And then I just got back at it with whoever else I had. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. That is awesome. I think that, um, I think the first time, it, 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 the first time I had met you was at a, a, a Good O'Dan seminar in 1988. Um, yeah. Uh, Fred Dagerberg's school. Um, yeah. But the first time that I really got to, like, really talk to you was um, 1990 um, I sponsored Good Dan to come to my school in, in, in Iowa and you guys had to drive like through I remember it was like there was like horrendous fog or something <laughs> yeah, and, yeah and no, was, I remember it yeah it and was, it was Pre Lindman and I I think oh yeah yeah yeah, uh, yeah. by the way uh, you're correct me if I'm wrong your first Filipino martial arts instructor was Larry is that correct Larry Lendeman yeah, Larry. Well, I met him at a Grudan in a uh, in a Sano seminar, and you know I was just coming into it, and I knew of you know reading everything you know who Inosanto is, and then I seen Larry, and I'm like I got to train with this guy, and yeah. uh, and I I I was like a leech. He couldn't get rid of me, you know. And <laughs> it, it, oh yeah, he's another good interview. You guys should really have well, what he's doing now and what he's gone through is far beyond me. And but. A brilliant teacher, and I think he really brought me to a different level I never thought I'd get to. I really appreciate him. Yeah, I, I, I've not, i not spent any time with with Larry, but everything that I have heard and seen, um, he's one of those guys. He's like, he's kind of like, um, it reminds me of Rick Fay. Yeah, who, who is uh, a, an amazing instructor, and no one ever hears about unless you're in the circle, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, you know? he downplays himself a lot. Well, you know, he ended up going to the Illinois State Troopers, and he, I mean, he he was doing everything, child homicide, all sorts of rough stuff. Ugh. He was SWAT team, and uh, I just had him out uh, like a year or two ago, and I had uh, at one of my camps. He teaches a whole I call it car jitsu. And uh, he calls it point driven training, but no, how to fight from inside a car. Yeah, and I've seen other people, you know, like in the jujitsu areas, talk and say what they do. And I'm gonna just say this: I've never seen anybody make a video where it was realistic to where it happened the way Larry said it would. And then we, what I did is I bought two trashed vehicles from a junkyard. We had them out there, so we ran eight people: two in the front, two in the back of each car. 
and he would say, you know, get in there, go ahead of me. If you want to hide a weapon or not, it's up to you. And then we'll just get in and we'll talk. And then when it goes, it goes. And we started running scenarios with people. And it was crazy. It was so much fun because it's like three-dimensional wrestling because you could put your back on a door. It's almost like you're in a bottom position. You use the, the hood of the car and press yourself up into them. And everybody who went for the weapon lost, even if you got your hand on the weapon first. It was a wild, eye-opening thing. We had I invited some undercover guys. And they came in, and they went, oh, my God, I've been doing this for 20 years, and I thought I had a handle on what to do. And it, it was such an eye-opener. Just brilliant. I'm telling you, you can, guys, I'll give you his info. You get get him on your show. Yes, sir. Dude. He'll, he'll entertain the crap out of you. We He's would love awesome. that. I, I, you know, speaking to that, I, I, this, is, uh, this is kind of a, I don't know, I, uh, for lack of a better word, a selfish thing, but... Is there nothing more satisfying when you're teaching a group of cops who think they know yeah what the <laughs> hell and and then and and you're running through I don't know even like even if it's just something like as simple as they're asking you for your ID yeah and then and then the next thing you know they're eating a knife you know 15 well, times you know the the the, the the standard answer is watching Surviving Edge Weapons and seeing what uh, Guru Dan had done. Oh, my you God. Know? But but here, let me tell you the sad part of that. He felt horrible because a couple people resigned that day. They quit. And he goes, I felt bad because they quit. You know, they, they just felt, oh, my God, I'm going to die if this happens. And then I said, no, 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 no. You might have saved their life. This wasn't maybe for them. You You kind of, like, rooted that out. You know, I mean, it's right. just that that wasn't a dog for that fight, you know. And uh, but if you ever speak to Grudan about it, he he gets like the sad look, and he goes, you know, a couple of people quit their job that day because of me. You know, they were cadets going through the academy, and they had a job, and I kind of blew it. And I said, no. I think you saved life. I, you know, you so. saved you saved them from a job that they either weren't going to be happy at or weren't going to be good at. Right, or you saved some civilian who might have needed them in a, in a. a, a a st high stress situation like exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I, I wonder what the, what that's like. I know he Dan is not only an instructor of yours, but also he's your father-in-law. To to have that that <laughs> resource so close, it, it must be must be great. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I. I don't know how to answer that. Uh, I know. <laughs> well, because it's, it's, he's your family, so it's not like you can be like. Yeah, it's like because there's guru, there, there's there's your father-in-law and then there's Guru Dan, correct? <laughs> yeah, but the best part I always say is that the day of the wedding, you know, he's the one. He goes, Ron, you should date Diana, and I'm like, no, 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 no. And then he went to Diana and said something. She's like, no, I don't date students. And, you know, uh, I just remember when I was at the church and and Diana's, you know, off whatever, you know, before when they're keeping us separated. And he walked up to me. He goes, remember, if this doesn't work. It's not my fault. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's it's all good, and you know, I mean, God, we're we're on twenty, you know, twenty three years now. So. Nice, yeah, yeah. 
That's and awesome. I, I myself married a, a Filipino woman for 30 years. And yeah, say, I know. Yeah. There are, I, I fear few things on this planet. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, out of all the Asian cultures, i got to say one thing. Like, you know, the, the whole, and I don't want to put down other cultures, but the whole five steps behind and, you know, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, woman is like, get out of my way. I'm yeah. in the front. Yeah, they know, missed that message. She's wrong with <laughs> You know, yeah, and, and yeah. God forbid. I, I mean, people ask. They're like, "Wow, I wonder what fights are like in your yeah. house." And I said, um, "I've never been in a fight with Diana that I've won yet." Right. So, you know, I tell you, I tell you what, I've been stabbed a couple of times, <laughs> and the only person who has stabbed me was my Filipino wife. <laughs> uh, that's awesome. That's hilarious. Uh, so. Yeah. Tell me about you. your work in films. I know, how did that, did you make that transition? Was it because of uh, the the sort of association with JKD and Bruce and all of that other stuff? Or was it just living in L.A.? It, it wasn't the plan. Um, you know, <laughs> I, was, I was training at the academy, and uh, some guy came in, he was doing this uh, kind of like, you know, super B plus movie you know, or, or lower Z uh, and that wasn't that bad but it, it, it was a movie called Sword of Honor and it had like Cynthia Rothrock and yeah. and wait no back up <laughs> Sword of Honor is awesome what are you talking really? about <laughs> I love that movie All right, and, I'm sorry go ahead <laughs> yeah and and um the stunt coordinator, uh, you know, Jeff Pruitt, he had came in and, and so the Inasano Academy, and then he was watching some people. He was friends with Siyoshi Abi, if you know Siyoshi. Yeah. And um, I guess he was watching me, and I had control, and I wasn't taking people's heads off, but I was bringing it. And he said, hey, I'm doing this little movie if you want to come out and kind of be in it. And Joel Clark and Mike Nukatis and I, we all went out and we did the movie. And uh, it, it was cool. I mean, my first movie, I did a high fall. I did a, a backflip onto my face. I got my butt beat. And uh, I went, oh, this is kind of cool. And he said, hey, I have this new series I'm doing. It's a TV series. If, if you want to come out and want to work on it, you know. And I said, yeah, what's it called? He goes, it's called Power Rangers. And uh, I was like, uh, what's a Power Ranger? You know, and it was brand new back then. So I did that for, God, I don't know, over a year. And uh, it, it was... It's laughable now because of what it is, but I'll tell you, it was like an assembly line. We would go from set to set to set just working on fights, so you learn camera angles. You learn a lot mm -hmm. really fast. You know, they throw you in the deep end of the pool right away, and did, it's sink or swim. Did it, did it get you your SAG card? No. Uh, mm -hmm. Oh, wow. It, uh, later, later, it, it, it should have. I have some friends who worked on it later. It went SAG. And I had already got my SAG card on a movie called Barbed Wire. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> and um, that, that's a funny story, too, I should tell you. But uh, I, I had done that movie, and then I know some guys, uh, Saban went SAG, and they said, hey, you can go get your card. I said, I already got it. So yeah. you know, it, it wasn't a big deal. But, um, yeah, uh, with Barbed Wire, I was training uh, the producer, one of the producers of it, Todd Moyer, for a long time. Guy didn't even tell me what he did for a living, and then I found out he's involved in film. And he said, hey, I'm doing this movie, Barbed Wire, with Pam Anderson and this guy, Tamora Morrison. And I don't know if you know, you ever see Once Were Warriors. Oh, yeah. Uh, Dude. Tamora, you know, Jake DeMoss. Yes. Because I need him trained. So he started coming in and working out with me. 
and um, they were originally going to let me double him, but the guy got. I mean, he was good. He did Hakka, if you know what Hakka is. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, you know, just uber talented guy. But we just got the fight down so well to where it was a nondescript role. They said, "Why don't you just be the guy that he beats up?" And I was like, "Awesome." And uh, the two sides of that story is I was supposed to train Pam. And when I went in and met her, I went with uh, uh, my training partner and friend, Mike Mikatis, and uh, I figured, that, you know, you read the description, bar, bar wire, she's this bar owner, and, like, the, the sides they gave me was there was a scene that got cut out of the film where she's got to fight, uh, or she's, she's going to hire some new doorman, but she wants to see if they're worth their salt, so she spars them, and, you know, she ends up beating a snot out of them. So I'm thinking, i got to put this scene together hard and heavy. So I go there, and Todd's there, and he says, all right, Ron, show her your stuff. And Mike and I got up, and we did, like, a little demo for her. And then she started screaming at me. She goes, you're hurting him. Stop it. Stop it. And I went, what? And Mike goes, no, 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 we're just putting it on. She goes, no, that's way too violent. I don't want to do that. And I blew it. But I thought, you know, like, kind of bring it. And and it was a bit too much, and she was like, no, no, I'm not going to do that. So I lost that gig. But on the other end... Diana came to the set with me and I'm doing this fight with Tamora and we needed myself and another customs agent you know because I was supposed to be this border patrol whatever it was right. and um, so the stunt guy that we had he couldn't get it so I kept saying Diana come here come here and I kept bringing her in and she would end up like just you know kicking butt through the whole thing and all the producers are like why don't we just make her the second and it ended up happening so Diana and I fight nice. Tamora and the girl coming into the port, yeah. and they, you know, they they snap my neck and knock Diana out. And, and, yeah, both, and, yeah. and both checks come home. <laughs> I like yeah, that. yeah, exactly. <laughs> both checks come home. Uh, I'm curious about. Um, I first, uh, besides all the martial arts stuff, I remember seeing the Sensei, the film Diana did. Right. And uh, I was so impressed by it that there was a like I was expecting. You know your your standard martial arts film, right, 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 and right, got right. something much more than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's, it's martial arts only a little teeny part of it. It's really it, it's a drama, and it, it's you know what I, I love the movie, but I'm sad about that movie. Yeah. You know, the the sad part is I felt it deserved a budget, and we literally second mortgaged our house to make that. Mm. Right, 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 right. And you know we we and and I'll tell you what we were young. And dumb, we uh, and, and Langley, you'll know this. We had thirty company moves in thirty days, which was ridiculous. Yes, and 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 it was so expensive to do it that way. You know, you wonder why like uh, Clerks was done in one location because it's cheaper. Yeah, yeah. you know. And and here we are. We're like, we're going to this place today. And pack up every night. We had to pack up and move, and it's costly. Mm-hmm. And you know, we we did that movie. Our shooting budget, well. We lost half the budget, so uh, I had a, a, a producing partner who was going to come in with half the money, and while I was driving to Colorado with all the gear in a rented truck, you know, camera, C-stands, everything, we were like, you know, going there with, with everything we needed, Right. and um, I got a call from him, and he started trying to renegotiate with me, and I'm like, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> a deal's a deal, and he goes, well, if I don't get a bigger slice of the pie, I'm out. And I'm like, well, we got to sign contract. He goes, well, I'm in Germany. Come and sue me. And so we had to make a decision right there because I already rented everything. And you know what made me make that film? Otherwise, I would have stopped. But I had a bunch of people who were coming out on their own dime 
to be in that film because I said I can't sure. fly you guys in or you know and they're like we just want to be in it and so I go you know what too many people invested too much I'm going and so you know we only had half the money mm. so here we are you know like skinnying up everything and then I'm on the phone and, and I just remember like midway through the sh shoot we were just about broke and I'd be on the phone every day I'm like we got enough for tomorrow and we'd shoot another <laughs> yeah 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 oh, man to be and, to to be honest, Ron, um, at the end of the day, uh, those types of movies where where uh, you're you're literally scraping it by day to, day by day to to get the film made, um, in my opinion, often those are the ones you want on your resume. No, I agree, but I just think that script was so tight. It's yeah. so yeah. good. No budget. It yeah. had such it, the film had such heart, you know. Yeah, it it's, did, and she's writing another one right now. Ha <laughs> ha! We have money for this next one. That's what the phone call was today about why I was late with this uh, interview. <laughs> yes, awesome. That is yeah. awesome. Good news. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm curious. Uh, I I always like to go back, and I'm curious. Growing up, like you're, what were the films that you? I mean, I mean, we're about the same age. Was it the same? You know, Five Deadly Venoms and. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> I, go ahead, Ron. What, what? What? Films that I gravitated to? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, what? What's the film right now? If I put it on, you'd just go weak in the knees. And don't say Enter um, the Dragon. <laughs> no, no, no. no. And, and actually, you know, I mean, everybody loves all Bruce Lee movies, but Enter the Dragon is not my favorite Bruce Lee movie. Agreed. But I, I'm you know what? I, I'm going to go out on a limb, and I'm going to say Way of the Dragon slash Return of the Dragon is your favorite Bruce Lee movie. Most definitely, because the reason why... It is, um, the, it is the, the fight with Bob Wall. Well, no, it's the no. one that shows... Um, it's, it, it's the Chuck Norris fight, but I'll tell you why. Because to me, it explains Jikendo more than anything. Because right. what was working for him didn't work, and he had to modify to make it work. Yeah. And, you know, like, Tom's, let go. Tom's like trying to calm me down because I'm like freaking out. I'm like, the fight scenes in Way of the Dragon, or Return of the Dragon, which whichever iteration yeah. you're used to, most demonstrate the concept of Jeet Kune Do. Yep, by and far. Not only that, but the filmmaking also demonstrates the concepts of Jeet Kune Do. Take yeah, for I, I agree. Thank you. I agree with you. So, take for example, whenever the guy says, you know, the 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 the, the bad guy says, you know, gung fu, like he doesn't know yeah. what the guy's talking about. Bruce immediately cuts to the shot of him uh, working out and doing and doing forums, and it's like, without any kind of explanation, we have this visual cut to. Exactly what Gung Fu is. Uh, I exactly. He really thought that out. I, I know that. Uh, uh, I, I know a few other stories with it, like um, how they got into the Coliseum. I don't know if you ever talked to Bob Wall about that or, oh, or heard God, it. No, but we would love to. Well, Bob Wall's <laughs> wife, her family was connected a little bit to La Casa Nostra, and uh, 
they had to make a deal and they had to do a payoff and, mm-hmm. and to get into the Coliseum. And, and it came to like, yeah, I can get you, you know, like they thought Bob Wall was lying. For one, Bob Wall wasn't even supposed to be on that set. He ended up just coming. And when you see that scene of Chuck Norris getting off the airplane and Bob Wall walks behind him, yeah. they were filming that for real off the airplane because they didn't have a budget. <laughs> and, and they went, oh, crap, Bob Wall's there. I guess he's in the movie now, you know. And, and, uh, and, but Bob Wall's wife, she ended up having connections through the family and they pulled some heavy strings because nobody gets in there mm-hmm. and they got in there. That's so awesome. just interesting stuff, yeah. yeah. Just really, really cool stuff. Speaking of which, I want to back up to your Chicago uh, uh, history for a second. Um, did or did not, in, and this is your chance to, to, to like clarify this, <laughs> did your family have anything to do with the mafia at some point? No. <laughs> that I know. Okay, good, 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 good. Wait, wait, wait. Now you got. I got to interview you. No, <laughs> I got. I, I remember hearing something uh, whenever Casino came out. Oh no! Yeah. No, no, okay. No, okay. In there. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but we weren't in the mafia. But my mom no. was cool with those palachos, uh, <laughs> and um, she knew them both. In fact, uh, I think one of them had stolen. Uh, they, they they had stolen something from from one of my uncles or something. They they were just mob kids and bullies, and um, yeah, they ended up being buried in a cornfield in in southern Illinois. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Oh, that. Yeah. Like, yeah. like oh, you oh, do. Yeah. Oh, that. Like you yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. I thought you meant were we in? No, no, no. I meant I, I knew there was something. I just didn't know what it was. Like that, that there was some kind of connection. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Ask that question. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm curious. You, you, as of late, you've been doing a lot of work with Steven Seagal. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's uh, it uh. He likes me, you know. He keeps using me, so that guy you know, makes films like a motherfucker, like just boom, boom, yeah, boom, yeah, yeah. boom, boom, yeah. boom, boom, boom. Yeah. He does, and he's trying to change that. Like, well, you know everything that's going on. And I don't want to get into right. that whole. Right. I don't either. No, 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 no. We, but, we, yeah. but, but, um, I'll tell you. He had some people running his career, and he was so irritated with it. And he's like, Ron, I, I want you to come. I kind of like your sensibilities, and let's let's try to do something. And and I have. And he's got a few things. In fact, um, I, I've got to do. Uh, I was just in the Philippines with him. Speaking of the Philippines, I was just there early. Or well, actually, I came home Christmas Eve. Uh, I was there for a month with him, uh, filming. But now I'm going back at the end of the year. I've got uh, some other stuff to do with him. Mm. But um, you know. We have a long history. I don't know if you know that, but yes. uh, I, I had bodyguarded him, and in fact, I brought Randy Williams along with me. So I yeah, got you did, yeah, yeah. And um, you know, like years later, I met him on a set, and I did Glimmer Man with him. And he's like, "What are you doing here?" And I said, "I got a new job." Because like, I was on the, I was on the sheriff's department, and he's looking at me like I'm nuts. But then we met again, and um, we kind of reconnected. And, you know, the world has a love-hate relationship with the guy. And quite honestly, I think he's very misunderstood. Mm. Um, There there are a lot of, you know, like, uh, it's a badge of honor. If you did a Seagal fight, oh, he's going to kick you in the balls. He's going to hurt you. Right. And, And... you know, I could, I could help with that because now, I mean, I'm I'm six, seven, maybe eight movies deep with him and a TV series. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, I, I know him quite well. I'm at his house all the time, um, you know, and 
he picture this picture this guys you know all right you're 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 this aikido guy and you your first couple movies you get to bring your guys along now that means when you're starting to rip through these fights you're going for it because they know how to take that kind of a hit and that kind of a fall right then studios start to jump in and they start to say we got stunt guys they know how to take the fall and they don't not the type that he does and so so he had to modify and they had to like just change stuff for him so much just to, sure. to you know because people were getting correct but he would come in and say I'm going to do you know you're, you're, you're going to rehearse I'm going to do this 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 and then all of a sudden it comes time for it or you know or or I don't know if you've ever met the man, but he's like six five. He's, he's a monster. Huge. Yeah, yeah. And and all of a sudden you're in front of him, and he's he can be a bit intimidating, and they kind of forget where they're at. You know, you got your mark here that's going to be said. You're going to come up. You're going to put your hand on him. He's going to grab you. When this this happens, you're going to come back in, and then and all of a sudden he throws you, and snap, you get you get hurt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I've literally seen him rehearse, and he's like, "Run!" And I'm like, "Run!" I'm like, "What's up?" And he goes, "Show him." And I'll run over and I'll show him how he's got to take that ball because once he puts you in that, uh, you know, in, in that wrist lock or whatever he likes doing, or even the clothesline that he's famous for, you got to know how to accept that and take it because yeah. if you're not, you're, you're gonna get thrashed. And um, I've literally seen him take that big arm of him, his, and he'll <laughs> grab somebody and he'll go to throw him, and he reaches around the back of him, he'll slap his shoulder to get it in the right spot so where the guy doesn't break his arm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I wish I could show you it. I know we're, well, we're doing this audio thing, but no, no. but and then he'll scream, "Run!" You know, and, and and he's like, "This is what gets me mad because they say that they could do it and they can't do it." And then I've got to slow down. I'm speaking as if I'm him. Right. Then, then I got to slow down and modify, and then I come off looking like garbage. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come the the the, well, the fight with Everett McGill in Under Siege Two comes to mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, clearly, I mean, the, the thing is, is like if you. If you've got somebody in a legitimate wrist lock or an arm bar or anything like that, if they don't, if they're not going with you, that's why Aikido teaches you to fall out yeah, of the box. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's like yeah, it, it, yeah, and and automatically people are going to get hurt. Yeah, yeah. The the last show I just did with him, uh, the stunt guy chipped his tooth. And, and I'll say the guy's name. He's awesome. I'd love to give him a plug. His name's Ron Smornberg. Uh, uh, you can look him up. Uh, he does a lot of stuff in Asia. But automatically, production, everybody was saying, Seagal chipped his tooth. And Seagal's like, I didn't do anything to him. And then Ron goes, no, he didn't. He, like, when we did the scene, he's got a slap into a wall, and Ron went for it on his own, like we got thrown, and he knocked his tooth in the wall and chipped it. But right yeah. away, everybody's like, Seagal did it, you know? And, yeah. And, uh, yeah, he's no. like, no, 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 that wasn't him. And he was really good about it. And at first, Seagal's like, oh, and this guy said I bro- uh, chipped his tooth. And he's like, no, I didn't say that. They're doing it. So <laughs> it got cleared up real quick. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but uh, I'll tell you, above when that first time I saw Above the Law, that that made me rethink exactly. a lot of stuff. <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. No, I, I felt yeah. the same way, and I told him, you know, I told him that, like, you know, he, there, like, like I said, there's many sides to this, this man. Uh, there's a lot of things that he's done that he doesn't want credit for, and lately I've been opening my mouth and saying it. When I was in Romania with him, he was doing PSAs and he was going around. They had this big homeless dog, like like feral dogs mm. running like little packs, so, like. If you walked on the street, there'd be a pack of 20 dogs. Some of them could be a little aggressive. Some of them were docile. They started to tag their ears. A lot of them didn't have ears because it was frostbite and the ears would fall off. Mm. And um, 
he was like, this is insane. So he started doing something about the dog population, trying to get them either adopted or neutered or spayed. That's cool. And, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Then, and then he did a lot of things with, like, uh, um, uh, pediatric cancer and AIDS and stuff like that. He And it was stuff that he was doing without looking for that pat on the back. Well, I... And, I I remember way back in the day where people were starting to like, oh, Steven Seagal, blah, blah, blah. And and yet I would see Guru Dan, like, you know, supporting him. And I'm like, this guy can't be can't be a bad guy yeah. if yeah. Guru Dan Dude, is, is I, supporting him. We just reviewed... I, I, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Go ahead. I, I got a lot of crap because if you look, there's an open letter that I put out about the LaBelle fiasco. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, and I've been quite verbal about it, and, and um, I've gotten a lot of heat. People have said stuff. They've attacked me. They've attacked my wife. They're like, your wife looks like a dude. I'm like, start laughing at them, you know. And, and uh, But it, it's I have filmed interviews with everyone who was present who watched the thing unfold, uh. and we haven't released them yet. But all of them say, never happened. He didn't choke him out. He didn't do anything. And I'm talking people like the Conrad Palmasano, who was the stunt coordinator, who was bigger than Jeff Amata, all those people back in that day. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, LaBelle almost got my career ruined by making this lie up. And he, well, he was pretty upset about it. So here's here's the thing about that, it, and, and something that I've always kept in mind when, when that came out, is Gene LaBelle... Uh, not only coming from a judo background, but also is involved in professional wrestling and understands the importance of... Uh, of the heel. Right, exactly. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, yes, yes, yes. I agree. And uh, uh, as is evident with his relationship with Rhonda, uh, mm-hmm. Rosa. Uh, and so I, I don't know if that's a world that exists anymore, but I think Gene still lives there, you know, and uh, and so if there's an opportunity to stir up shit... Um, he's gonna do it. Mm. Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Have you seen? Uh, did you have it work on China Salesman at all? Uh, I'm sorry, uh, I didn't understand it. What? China Salesman, the the Seagal's movie now with Tyson. Did you do? Oh, anything? oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, no. I know. I, I know what you're talking about. I'm sorry. No, I watched it. You know, I love. I I, I thought it was fun. I looked at him and I go. He beat your ass. <laughs> 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 he just laughed because it's Tyson. It's cool, you know. <laughs> yeah, I just you know, like there's a different side of Steven when you're alone with the guy versus. Oh, I bet. Yeah. But I'll tell you what. On a sad note, and I've had a couple instances. My wife and I with him. We were out uh, at a sushi place in in somewhere in L.A. And it was Al, Steven's wife, Diana, and I. And there was a guy at another table talking a lot of smack and saying it real loud and I was getting mm. pissed off and I was going to say something and he just looked at me and he goes Ron it's every day and, 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 and I go you know he says somebody has a comment every day he goes that's why I kind of get the way I get he goes because I'm almost always on guard somebody's always got something to say or some type of attack towards me he goes so it's hard for me to just be myself and let go it's the same type of stuff that was happening to Bruce the whole, the whole time of filming, having to take... John, I, I interviewed John Saxon once, and he talked about watching Bruce take breaks, like be in the middle of a conversation, say, excuse me for a second, walk behind a building, whip someone's ass... Yeah, these and guys come would back. come up but and challenge you. But in yeah. today's litigious society, you can't really... No, no, no. no. You know? well, right, 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 right. You'll be in court so quick. And you have nothing to win by that. 
You know what I mean? No, right. you're always going to be if you're if you're the guy. Yeah. You're always going to be the bad guy. Yeah. Either you right. either you lose and that's bad for you, or you win and that's and bad. And that's you. bad for you. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Um, uh, you know, like there, it, it, there's always the three sides to a story, mm. and you know, like that that whole just to get out of this thing, the whole LaBelle story, you know, is so so over the top, and it just didn't well, happen. It's just it's, salacious for no good reason. Though. I myself, I'm a man now who's 58, and um, I, I saw the video you made with Benny, or I'm going to fuck his name. Ergidis. 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 Yeah. Ergidis. yeah. Uh, about growing older and longevity and how... And it really struck home with me about, like, oh, I have to protect my hips now. Yeah. <laughs> and, and yeah. So, so tell me about that. Was that was that a tough, jagged little pill, as Alanis Morissette called it? Yeah. Now, you know what? <laughs> I have a friend. We were talking about this, and, and this one stuck with me. He goes, do you remember the first time you seen a girl that you thought was hot and you thought, maybe I have a chance, and she served you? <laughs> You know, <laughs> you know, and you're like, ah, you know, there comes that time when the old bull has to pull the horns in a little bit. And and I, I just know that, like, I was I mean, Langley, you know me, man. I used to love to be on the floor or have boxing gloves on and be yeah. with everybody. And and, you know, then all of a sudden, it was like you said, oh, man, my hips, you know, or I'll have that good day where I'm like kicking butt in the net night. I'm like, oh, my God, what did I do? Mm. You know, and and. So everything's modified, and I still glove up, and I still roll around. But now I just notice that, you know, uh, like, all right, I'll give you another, uh, for instance. I was talking to my father-in-law about this, and he goes, you know, Ron, he goes, I remember, like, going through that first change and realizing it and going, oh, my God, I'm, I'm 40-some years old, and I know this 20-year-old student or 18-year-old student stronger than me. He goes, but... You, you have enough finesse and enough wisdom and enough, you know, like, tenacity to to kind of, like, still put that person in their place, you know. But but inside, somewhere deep inside, you know, that kid was strong. And I yeah, could have yeah, been yeah. in trouble. It reminds know? me. It, 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 I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, it reminds me of a line from a Batman comic where he, uh, same situation, <laughs> and he says that, he goes, old age and guile will always outwind youth and exuberance. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's treachery, you know. Yeah, we, uh, we have treachery. You know, uh, I always like the Japanese samurai thing. They say like, well, they used to say fifty-five was a good death. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. because as you age, you start to slow, but treachery and wisdom come out, and you can beat the young, stronger boy because you have a, a, have that that knowledge behind you. Right. So they may have said if you made it to fifty-five, you're doing pretty good. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I met a lady once, Kieko Fukuda. She's a 10th degree judo black belt. Uh-huh. Got a great book called Born for the Match. She was in her 70s. <laughs> I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. Well, well yeah, uh, to Ron's point, I think that, <laughs> I think that, well, one, you get more skilled. That's, that's not, you know, there's no denying that. Um, the other thing that happens is you learn how to manipulate smoke and mirrors a sure. little more. Yeah. Sure. And um and as a you know whether it's whether it's as a, a a competitor or whether it's as an instructor that works to your advantage. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. That's that's I you just, that's you realizing where you are at this moment in time and how you can 
relay this knowledge. I, I, I just yeah. have noticed that when I fall, it, it used to be people would go, yeah, and yeah. now everyone's concerned. Well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are you okay? A, a couple of weeks <laughs> you know what? You know what's funny is like I'll be on a movie set, and, and I'll still be on camera sometimes. And I, I remember I let bam hit the ground. I'll be hey, you want me to go again? And now it's like let yeah, bam. I'm like uh, give me a second. You yeah, know? <laughs> I knew, yeah. I need that break. Here, so, here yeah, just just last week was it last week or yes. the week before? Last week we were at uh, Crypticon, and Tom and I do this thing called knife fight where we essentially we're demonstrating real life knife trauma versus what you see in the movies. Mm-hmm. And at some point I do a Pritikapala on Tom. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and everybody's. I always feel bad because everybody's like, "Is Tom okay?" <laughs> <laughs> so fun. Uh, I'm curious about. Um, I just got very excited when I saw both that you and Diana worked on Alita Battle Angel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we trained uh, uh, Rosa Salazar for months and months. It, it, she that that. That little girl rocks, man. She's full of fire. She's awesome. You're gonna. Yeah. I, I mean, I am so excited first, for this movie. I, yeah. The first time I seen the trailer, I was a little taken back. Because have you seen the trailer? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was like, "Whoa, what they do to her face?" But, but you know what? She's so cool. She's so. She's got so, you know that that you know fire in her. She's so. It's gonna be a good flick. I know it is already, and I know that she's bringing it. You know, I wasn't on set with her. I had to deliver her over. She went to da- uh, Austin to film it, and I had a lot of uh, my students who are stuntmen. They were on the set with her, and they were like, "Dude, she was rocking it." And uh, I, I've got so much footage of her, and I won't release it because I, I just don't do that. You sure. know, of her training, but you'll see the evolution of her, and mm. she, she like I've had. A, I've tra- you know, I've had the opportunity to train a lot of well, stars. I don't want to take anything away from any of them, but I've only had a few that I just went, holy crap! I would throw them in a ring, and she's probably one of them. She's, yeah. you know, if I had her, and if if she was interested in fighting, she could be champion of the world. I guarantee you, she's full of fire. She's cool. Wow, that I I am so over the moon for this movie like uh, yeah. at first at first like you I was like oh CGI blah 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 but then I realized it's all driven by an actual human performance mm-hmm. it is and, it is and, it, it's like uh, what, what, what's his name uh, uh, Planet of the Ape Andy um, oh Andy Serkis Andy Serkis you know I mean he's doing all that work and he doesn't get credit for it you know and, and she she put that time and effort in I mean we had her for like four hours a day every day and it, it was a, a full four hours of, you know, at first just pad work and just just trying to make her look comfortable and like a like a fighter would be, and and then then we got into the choreography stuff, and she was, you know, it, it got to the point. I've had a lot of people who are like, you know, God, why why am I, what, you know, why am I doing this? Why aren't I doing a romantic comedy? And she was just like, ah, come on, let's go, and she well, was maniac. Will you at some? I know you released the footage of Aaron Eckhart for *I Frankenstein*. Um, after that was the with fact. permission. Will yeah. you? Will you after the fact? Once the film's out, will you be able to put some of that Probably, stuff up on YouTube? Yeah, I wouldn't put anything out that she didn't okay. Because I, I got footage of almost everybody I've ever trained. I mean, I've got some really cool stuff that I can't show because they said, you know, I'd rather you not. You know, but um, I, I've. 
like Aaron, Aaron was, I love Aaron, by the way. He and I, we, we've been, you know, we're, we still do stuff together. In fact, when Bleed for This came out, he brought Diane and I to the premiere with him. It was pretty oh, cool. Nice. 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 Yeah. Cool. So Aaron and I are pretty close. And, uh, you know, I said, Aaron, do you care if I show this? He's like, have at it. I don't care. You know? And so I threw that out. I got a ton more. You know, Aaron and I were six months every day. In fact, that was a funny story because when I went to see him the very first time, we met, we trained for a couple hours, and I go, okay, I'll see you next week. He goes, what do you mean next week? I go, they paid for me to train you one day a week. He goes, no, you'd be here tomorrow. I, I go, are you sure? He And sure enough, I left. I don't even think I got into the car and my phone was ringing. They go, yeah, you're on every day. Nice. Nice. Yeah, you yeah. can tell. Good. You can really tell that's, in all of that that's stuff. That's really cool. Um, I wanted to ask you, when did being a stuntman slash fight choreographer turn into being a trainer for uh, for celebrities who are, who are going to be in the movie? God, it's hard to say. You know, um, I would say, you know, probably Mila. When I, when mm. I started it, Mila Jovovich. Right, right, right. And I got that because I was training, uh, do you know Robin Shoes? Uh, yeah. Mortal Kombat. Yeah, oh, Mortal okay. Kombat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I was training Robin, and then Robin said, "Hey, man, my friend Paul Anderson and his wife Mila are doing this movie. You know, the, the comic book thing, Resident Evil, and they had already done the first one. And Mila was pretty upset with it because she said they didn't trust her back then. Uh. Because if you watch the first one, it was like one punch, and they would do another view, and then a kick, and then another view, and they weren't having her put combinations together." So when I got with Mila, she was just like, you know, let's just do this. And she was another one I think I had about a half a year every day. And that was the first one. And I, got, I owe that to Robin. And, um, and that's for, you know, that was for Resident Evil Apocalypse? Yeah, that was for the second one. And she, she trained like crazy. And then uh, Diana was pregnant during that time. So Diana had the baby. So then I remember fresh after, after having the baby, I had Diana in there with us. And uh, so Mila, like, we'd be showing her stuff. Mila's holding my kid. And she'd pass her off to Diana, and then, you know, she'd jump in <laughs> and do it. It was, it, was, it was just funny, you know. And uh, she worked really hard. But after that, I started getting calls from people. And they're, uh, I guess, you know, I think maybe her and, and her husband might have said some nice things about the way we handled them. And um, I started getting calls. And, uh, you know, it just spiraled from there. It That's went awesome. On. Yeah. yeah, that's got to be that's that's got to be one of the coolest gigs. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, you you're doing what you do anyways. Well, you know the part that I really like about it is um, I've I've learned how to streamline getting somebody to to look like they really know what they're doing, like they're seasoned. It, it's made me focus on on that. How can I make this person in a short amount of time look like it's been a lifetime endeavor of theirs? Sure. And and so I've I've got a. I'm not going to say it's always successful, but I mean I'm doing pretty good with it. And it's kind of cool because I think they know I'm so on their side. It's all about them. Mm-hmm. And and I like that because they know I've got their back. And if something doesn't look good, I'll kind of look at them and I'll go, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> and, uh, and 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 they give me that disappointed look, and and I'll get up there and I'll just do it with them, do it with them, do it with them, and you know until we until we got it, and it's it's worked out pretty well so far. Well, you can see in the the footage with Aaron that it's such a and uh, so, so supportive. Well, the, you know the footage with Aaron, the footage with Mila. Um, yeah. There's, yeah. It, 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 
and and I think they trust me because I'm not going to put out footage that makes them look bad. Right. Mm-hmm. The stuff they've allowed me to release because Mila and, and and Paul allowed me to, uh, you know, put that footage out of them. So like I said, I've got. I mean, we 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 trained. Uh, well, actually, I didn't. I, I, I was going to take credit for it. Uh, <laughs> Melissa McCarthy, it was mine, but I had to go to uh, Romania with Seagal. So I said, Diana, you got to do this one alone. And so we've got all the footage of you oh, know, wow. her and Diana training, but we won't release it without permission. Sure, it looked and, great, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, she's awesome. She, that whole knife fight scene, was. Diana worked her on all that. And she was so happy because she said her first day in Prague, they go, that fight's up. She's like, what? It, she was. That's the first thing they filmed was that knife fight. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So she said without Diana, she would have been just screwed. You know. That's, that's awesome. I wanted. Yeah. I wanted to, um, uh, real briefly, um, talk uh, uh, for a second about Punguro uh, Sulite. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I, I was always one of those peripheral guys. Like I, I, like I didn't dive deep. You know, I had. I had other stuff going on and stuff, and and you know I had a school and I bring people in for seminars and whatnot, but I wasn't I wasn't you like I wasn't like just like this is my life, and mm-hmm. uh, until I met Edgar, yeah, and uh, I, I I still to this day have a really hard time articulating how special um, that time with Edgar Salite was. Could yeah, you, could you speak it's, briefly about that? Yeah, I, I remember Guru, Guru Dan said, Ron, I was still living in Chicago. He goes, you should have this guy out. And he goes, it's, it's not expensive. He's just fresh from the Philippines. I, I forgot what year it was. It was in, I don't know, God, 80s sometime, mid-80s. Late, late 80s, yeah. Yeah, later 80s, yeah. I always mess up dates and I get called on it. People think I'm lying. I, I don't I'm, <laughs> I don't about a lot. But uh, it was in the 80s. And he got off the plane. I looked at him, I go, <laughs> he don't look like much. And then we went first night, worked out, and he proceeded to whoop my ass, which is on the end of my DVDs. I don't know if you've ever seen him, the Defensive Edge. Yeah. <laughs> All the way at the end was, uh, I think, our first time together, and he just dusts me with a stick. I mean, he just <laughs> lays into me. And and I was like, holy crap. you know. And, and that whole night, I only put one little brief exchange up. But it was a, a full couple hours of him just putting me, knocking me out of must, you know. And uh, <laughs> he, he he was brilliant. He was, like I said, what was he, about maybe five, three, five, four. He's a little And you wouldn't guy. think much. And then until he lit up. And then it looked like somebody was like, boom, boom, boom. Like they started a lawnmower, man. He was just flying with it. And, uh, Dude. you know. Just brilliant, and he changed me. He changed me too. He made me evil. <laughs> you know, I wanted to spar everybody, and I exactly. I, I I just yeah. You left thinking you could kick the world, but after you trained with him, it was awesome. <laughs> it was amazing. Purungoro uh, is, is is one of those guys that's like, I, I like, I I I feel like I don't know what the hell I'm doing, <laughs> and then. Well, he would he would make you like if, like if if you didn't fucking save yourself, he yeah he was gonna hand you your ass until you yeah did. exactly yeah yeah 
And, and you know the cool thing, going back to Aaron Eckhart, I, I played some video for him. I played some, you know, and I don't want to put down any of the other instructors. We're looking for a look. Remember, Frankenstein's supposed to be, arr, right, you know, right, stick right, right. Neck and stuff. And then there was Socrates Otto, which I felt bad for. He was the one who fights that uh, fight, yeah. uh, the, the fight against him. And they put that mask thing on, and that was the actor. I'm like, why would they do yeah. that? Right, right, right. You right. know, he worked so hard. And that guy had never trained anything ever, and he, uh, he put so much into it. But Aaron, we sat down, and I showed him some video. I go, what kind of look? And we talked about they're going to truly be different styles, you know, like coming to fight. So right. we tried to make Socrates look more like La Costa, and then because of Aaron, when Aaron looked, you seen Edgar, he goes, oh, that's me. Nah. <laughs> it was awesome, you know. So he got way into Lameco, and it was so cool because I had brought a couple students. Uh, I'll even say their name. You know Troy Miller, Langley. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I brought Colorado. Troy Miller in to help, and I brought my uh, other student, Dave Quigley, in. and uh, I, I, we got there in the morning. Aaron's there, and I go, "Hey, man, I go. When do you guys want to jump in and warm up? Uh, warm up with Aaron?" And I think it was David goes, "Yeah, yeah, I'll go." And, and it was just a double stick thing. And he's thinking they're just going to do like heaven sick, something like little drilly thing. And Aaron was just used to me because all we did is just run after each other and we sparred it out and we were beating the snot out of each other. And here comes Aaron right at him. He was like, ah! Oh my God, you see him chasing David all over this room. And then I go, I'm like, Troy, you're up. He's like, damn, okay. So, you know, but Aaron, man, just off the charts good that's yeah. a good, and and that's the mark of a great actor mm -hmm. like like even if i i have to imagine that aaron is also the same way about pursuing uh, mm -hmm. that uh, same for his yeah. character or oh yeah yeah, yeah. definitely yeah he arrived in character he always did yeah you know, he told a method actor and uh but i mean a brilliant lovely person i love him to death man he's if you met him the, uh, <laughs> here's a crazy story all right, my, my son's now taller than me. He's 15. In fact, today's his birthday. Um, but uh, when he was younger, right after the I. Frankenstein thing, you know, he was always there when I was training Aaron. So Diana's driving down the street one day, and uh, there's a guy with, like, kind of longer blonde hair, and he's screaming, Diana, Diana. And Zach sticks his head out the window. And he's like, hey, Two-Face, what's up? And it was Aaron. Aaron was doing some movie where he had to grow his hair longer, but it was funny. And, and Diana goes, I can't believe he said that to him. And I go, what did Aaron do? He goes, he just started laughing at him. That's um, quite a funny line. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah the one thing that I'm, I am grateful for is that a lot of this stuff, you can, the wealth of information found on YouTube of, like, you can see old, like, VHS footage that it's, people shot. Yeah, of. it's weird. Sure. It's uh, I remember back in the day, like uh, it was a big deal if you could track down like that that you know ancient. And in fact, the first time I saw it advertised, it was on. I want to say it was on eight millimeter reels, but it was a Goudin training with Johnny Lacosta and all these yeah. guys. Yeah. And, uh, and 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 you know you'd look at it and it was like a glimpse. It was like just like this little hole into you know <laughs> the world and uh and you're right now you can pull up youtube and you can see all kinds of people demonstrating all kinds of stuff and i know tom has a question related to yeah all i'm just this. curious do you think that that is a good way to learn it's a good way to supplement but you know uh in fact my father-in-law and i had a recent talk about that and he said you know, he remembered for a long time people were learning from video. 
And he would go, oh, they got it, they got it, they got it. He would watch them. And then he said he would put his hands on them and go, oh, my God, they don't have it. Right. So they could do the movement, but there's a lot to energy and feeling and timing. And, you know, and that comes from, you know, somebody who really has, has worked that. Well, and you could, you could maybe replicate some of it or figure it out, but there, there's always going to be pitfalls it's, that it's, the video it's, doesn't show. It's kind of like saying, oh, I learned how to do Hubud or Chisau from a video. <laughs> right. And, uh, you, you can't. It's just, it's just not possible. Yeah. You, have to, you have to feel the energy of the other person. Yeah, yeah. You, and, and, and it's not just to have a partner and do it. And it's great. You know, like, all right, I'll go back to Larry Lindemann. Larry and I would see Grudan, and he would show us something, and one of us would be, Langley, you were there, one of us would be scribbling in a notepad while the other was like, Dictating what they're watching him do, right? And 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 then we would go a week later. We'd be together working out, and we'd be reading notes, going, "What? What the hell does this mean?" Yeah, and we would guess our way through it, and then we would get it down, and then we worked it, and we worked it, and we got it. Then we seen Guru, and he looked. He's like, "What are you doing?" And we go, "What are you doing that?" And he goes, "I remember." Oh, you could. And then he would never put you down. He go, "Oh, you could do it that way too," which meant you totally screwed it up. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but, but then. What I realized was sometimes we invented a new way and sure. we thought we were brilliant, uh, but other times it was like, uh, you know, we were way off in the wrong direction. Oh, my God. Like the first few seminars that I went to, I'd, I'd be like, this is going way too fast. Like, so I'd start, like, drawing pictures. It had me like, okay, this, 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 and this. And then finally, I learned. Finally, it took a long time, but finally, I learned. It's like, hey, man, if you only get one thing <laughs> from this seminar that you really know, yeah, you're doing good, you know. But you know what the beauty is? You actually got a lot more because the next time you seen it, you're like, I seen this before. That's mm-hmm. right. That, yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's for the whole yeah. community. Yeah, the, man, it, it's just there's just so much, and he's such a wealth of knowledge. And, you know, the, the way I look at it is, uh, you know, I got a lifetime to try to figure it all out. And yeah, uh, yeah. what I'm going to do. Ron, we're coming up on, on, the, on, the, on the closing bits here, and there's a million other things I want to ask you. But um, before we, we get to that point, tell us about your organization. Tell us about Mars. Tell us about how people can reach you or, or find schools that are... Um, Basically, give yourself a plug, Ron. <laughs> okay, the the shameless plug. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can go to ronbalicki dot com. Uh, we do offer online teaching, and I do have satellite schools around the world. Uh, a lot of good people who are doing, you know, a lot of stuff beyond what I teach, and that's the whole idea: is martial arts research systems. Mars is, you know, uh, I have camps that I do every year. In fact, the first week of August here in California, we have a, a camp, and I have invited instructors every year. I try to have somebody different. I talked about Larry bringing. We brought the cars in. I've had Eric Paulson in. I have Nikolai Sunyak. Um, I have uh, one of my students, Dan Rizzuto, who's way bigger in film than I am. He's, he's smoking, man. This guy, Deadpool, all the other movies he's doing, but he, he's out of Canada, but he comes up, he teaches. His jiu-jitsu is off the charts. I'm, I'm telling you, just his way of teaching, brilliant. I love him. Um, you know, uh, I have uh, boxing coaches coming in, Freddie Jin, uh, who was one of the original early uh, Inasano guys uh, from way, 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 way back. Um, 
you know, and we just try to invite everybody and, and I, I don't like to do everything. You know, I, I want to see other people's point of view. So we have other people come in and teach and I try to do every class and I'll be right in there with everybody's sweating. It's, it's, it's like a martial arts college. I try to make it that way, yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, it's... Look, the old bull's got to pull his horns in, so I've pulled him in a lot. <laughs> and, 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 and I, I mean, I'm not even saying that. What I'm saying is is I try to expand, and if I see something good, I, I try to incorporate it into the system and just make it a bigger, better deal. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I'll have film people in because, for, for people who want to learn a little of that. And, you know, that side of it. Not, you know, cause some people are like, I don't want to do the film stuff, and that's fine. So, you know, I, I don't always want to do just film stuff either. But I will invite certain people who, who have knowledge about it because there is an audience, especially here in California, for that. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, yeah, but it's, it's um, you know, Diana and I started Mars in, I think, 96 or 97, and it's going really well still. So uh, we're doing good. I'm all, like I said, I'm all over the planet with it. Uh, I just got back from Istanbul doing it. I've been to Abu Dhabi, Dubai, uh, you know, I mean, we've, we've been everywhere with it pretty and uh, it's doing well. Pretty much you name it, you, you've got somebody there. And that's yeah, um, I, I would love it. I mean, it's a lot of country to cover, but I mean, we're, we're all over Europe if anybody wants it there. Mm-hmm. I'm in Mexico, Canada, where uh, I've got guys in the Philippines, I've got, uh, you know, uh, China. I've been. To, uh, I've, I've taught the Shaolin Temple, which is wild. Oh wow! That's amazing. Yeah, we're doing pretty well with it, and, and you know, and I'm trying to stay humble, but you know, uh, there's bigger, you know, uh, bigger camps and stuff than than I got going. But I'm not necessarily after the biggest. I just want to yeah. have fun and have yeah. a group of people who really want to learn. You want? You want? Right. Well, we appreciate you taking Quality the time. Quality We appreciate you taking the time to talk, man. Yeah. You're you're well, thanks for having me. It was a blast. You've you've long been on our list yeah, of stuff. Yeah, man. And and we're probably gonna bug you again one of these days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny because I I I know we ended up going way different directions than I thought we were gonna go. So, but it's all good. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. what this. That's what that's our stock is. Yeah. It's like it's like this, oh. So the uh, conversation was truly JKD. It, yeah. it went where it had to go. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, thanks again, and we'll be back in just one second. Okay, you know, one of the one of the things that um, 
I, it, it's always the case. We never have enough time. Yeah. <coughs> never. Um, there's so much more that I want to talk to Ron about. Um, we, we didn't talk about storytelling through fight scenes. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, All yeah. the stuff that I kind of... All the shit we said we were the, going yeah, to talk about. All the stuff I wanted to. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. It, it all becomes, you know, remember? Yeah. 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 On the other hand, I feel like, listen, sitting and talking for an hour, being interviewed for an hour, yeah. it's hard. And it's taxing. And you don't want to overstay your welcome. Right. Exactly. Because you, you're grateful in the first place that they took the time. Right. Um, on the other hand, I've never... In all the years I've been doing this, I've never hung up from someone or walked away and gone, yeah, there's all this shit on the floor. Right, like, right, oh, right. No, 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 no. Ron's great. Uh, again, um, one of the people that we've wanted on this show like mm -hmm. since the beginning. So we're checking them off the list, buddy. Yeah. Little by little, we're getting so everybody. Thank you, Ron. Yeah, thank you, Ron. Um, moving on to second hour stuff. Some we're going to go back to the some dead guys. Uh, Glenn Bronca. Avant-garde musician died fairly young. I have to say, with a name like Bronca, that person had to be an avant-garde. They yeah. didn't have a choice. Yeah, I don't know much about this guy. All I know is is that what I saw, the reaction to his death on Facebook and Twitter was substantial. Yeah. So um, there's that. Um, Yuriko Hoshi. She was an actress. Starred mm -hmm. in movies like Mothra vs. Godzilla and oh. Ghidra, the three-headed monster. Um, she was fairly up there in, in years, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Thomas Wolfe, author of Bonfire of the, ba the Vanities, and he was in with the K Ken Kesey crowd. Well, the, the, one of the first you know books that I remember reading as a, as a high schooler that kind of exposed me to counterculture... Mm -hmm. Um, was the electric Kool-Aid acid test. Mm -hmm. And I became a huge fan. Yeah. Um, but then when he started doing... You, you know, all of his stuff was kind of journalistic stuff uh -huh. up until he did um, whichever came first. The right... Or no, well, the right stuff was journalistic stuff. I think Bonfire of the Vanities yeah. was probably the first. And, and I didn't dig it. I, I think he was really good at being kind of a Hunter S. Thompson guy where he's like commenting on these historical things that happen. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, yeah, so he's gone. Uh, one of those guys that's uh, immediately identifiable. Yeah, immaculately um, dressed. Yeah, always uh, in that white suit. Kind of a dandy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With an old term, a dandy. Yeah. Uh, Joseph Campanella, more uh, movie helper in movie a big way. TV guy, helper yeah. more than anything. Yeah. This guy was in everything. Yeah. Um, when I saw that he passed, I looked at his IMDb, and it was just like, it was bananas. It's just like every cop show and lawyer show and medical show, you know, yeah. through the 50s, or the 60s, 70s, you know, 80s. Yeah. And then finally, Margot Kidder. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, a lot of people took that hard. Yeah. Um, she was 69, I yeah. think. Yeah. Yeah, 69. Um, is she, she's the, um... I'm trying to remember because I confuse actresses from that time period. Um, she is the one that had some mental health issues. Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. A bit. She she did Crypticon one year um, and would immediately, she had this giant dog, and if the dog had to pee, she would, it was nothing to see Margot Kidder running through a hotel wow. with her dog to mm -hmm. get him outside so he can take a leak. Yeah. Um, um, but she was really nice. I remember meeting her, and she was super nice. Well, you know, it, you know, for many people, she's always going to be low slang. Always, yeah. 
For me, man, I remember her in um, Black Christmas. Oh yeah, Bob Clark's Black Christmas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I remember her di- her death was really like bum, bum, bum. yeah. That's a great movie. That is a Bob movie. Clark's. Yeah, that's some good stuff. Moving on to second hour stuff. Uh, Guillermo del Toro new Netflix series called Ten After Midnight. I'm, Yay. I, yeah, at, you know we say this all the time. It, pretty much anything he does, I'm on board for. One thing about him, you know, um, when it comes to news, is he's got he always has a million things going on, and yeah. and most of them don't come to fruition. I like this news because this is saying nope, we're signed up. Mm-hmm. This is happening. Yeah, yeah um, and I don't, you know, it, early on I was kind of resentful of that. I'm like, stop teasing me with this shit, and then it goes away. But then I realized it's a numbers game. Mm-hmm. You have to be throwing as many mud. If, if nothing as you can. else, you you need to have press that you're considering shit, right? So that to the perception and. To the studios and the pe- the money people is that you're you've got shit happening. Right. Kevin Smith is renowned for this. I'm yeah. going to do Moose Jaws for a million years. Right. right I'm right. going to do Buckaroo Banzai without a, a deal inked. You right. know that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, collaterally, that we've talked another thing we've talked about in regards to this is um, they're saying now that Universal's Dark Universe may not be dead because somebody's. Getting some smarts and like saying, I'm just saying they're saying they're, the money people may have said, you know, we can still salvage this this pig in a dress, um, and I know how we've talked about how they can we do that know forever. exactly how, and, and 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 I'm sure that we are not the only ones. I know, ten, it, but this it, ten it after midnight obvious. clouds that a little bit. Yeah, you know, so unless he he picks like a, a it depends, I guess, on what a showrunner on this to handle this, and while he does other things, right. which. Kind of makes you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, uh, you know, Del Toro's doing this series. Mm-hmm. Well, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Is he directing the episodes? Is he is producing he it? Producing is he executive? Is he just it? kind of rubber stamping somebody else's project and go, yeah, that's yeah. good? You well, know? I mean, he's I've done all those things exactly, both big and small. Small. I don't know what his involvement with. Yovanka Vukovic's Captured Bird was, right. but his name was on that, oh, yeah. on the poster and stuff, so I'm sure it helped, lending his na- name to thing helps. You know, so I would like him to lend his back to the Dark Universe, because I think it screams him, well, I think Yeah, I think, that, I think that if he gets involved in the Dark Universe, it, each one needs to be a Del Toro project, mm-hmm. not... Um, you know, this kid has. Could you imagine you them saying we're gonna ahead of time give you the money, but we want Gemmel del Toro's Dracula. Yeah. We want his Frankenstein. We want his Gilman. Yeah. We want every every single archetype. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. Do that for the next ten years. Absolutely. Do a Peter Jackson and just write off the next ten years because you're doing these films. Yeah. Exactly. Dude. Yeah. It'd be great. Uh, Suspiria release date November second of this year. This is the remake. The remake, and they're saying everyone's saying that I got confused because they had they were they were taking the old one out and carting it around for a while. Yeah. I, I guess in preparation for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, for pre-release. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they're saying people walked out. People were really disturbed. The main actress said she had to go to therapy afterwards, which sounds very William Castle to me. It, well, it sounds very <laughs> William Castle, and it also to me. Sounds like 
maybe somebody's paying attention to the wrong parts of the original Suspiria. Well, the guy, the director said, "Oh, we're not. It, this isn't going to be, you know, as visual of a film." Well, that's okay. Well, okay. Well, uh, erase all that shit, and like nobody should have remade Suspiria. Agreed. It is its own thing. Yeah. And, and I think it would have been. You know, I just feel like with the only reason to do that kind of shit is that you're hoping that by remaking a classic like that, it's going to draw attention to the old one. Yeah. Well, not only that, but it's going to generate the interest you need to sus- get the project through production. Right. And um, uh, so it's why why they've taken films that weren't, let's say. Um, I don't know. Well, let, let's say Universal Soldier. I don't know that this is the fact, but we're going to use it as an example. Taking a film that's not a Universal Soldier film, they did it with, uh, Netflix did it with the, the Cloverfield, the last Cloverfield movie. Right. A movie that's not a Cloverfield movie, but they made it a Cloverfield movie to sort of fit in. They used to do it with Django movies all the time. Right. Oh, God. I so, yeah. 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 I mean, I, I get title recognition and all the other stuff, but really, like, I bet you you could spend that energy making a better film. Yep. How about that? <laughs> Make a better film, or and not be constrained by the old. Maybe movie. not be scared that people aren't going to accept your product, yeah. and you may have created a new Django yeah, or, or a new Suspiria. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. I agree. It 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 doesn't make any sense. Um, so Constantine Films, the people who have made all of the Resident Evil movies, right? Um, they're they're planning on rebooting. The <laughs> The Resident Evil movies. So stupid. Um, (laughs) And they're also producing a a new Paul W.S. Anderson project called Monster Hunter with Mia Jovovich. So it sounds like they're rebooting Resident Evil, moving Mia Jovovich into a Monster Hunter film franchise. Uh So she gets that, I guess, more money and everything. Everyone gets paid. And they get to reboot and try to make some sense, I guess, of the Resident Evil timeline. Which is incomprehensible from what I can tell. There you Dude, go. <laughs> you started making movies based on a video game. Yeah. That was your first mistake. Well, well, I don't know about that. But, <laughs> but, but also, you deviated from that video game radically, like within minutes of the, your opening of well, your first film. It just doesn't... I, look, man, why did it have to be Resident Evil? Why couldn't it have been... I mean, there's I a million movies that are, that have similar. Do it. Do a Silent Hill movie and don't call it a Silent don't Hill. Don't call movie. it Silent Hill. <laughs> 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 anyway, all right. So Stephen King and Craig R. Baxley, who wrote Storm of the Century and Rose Red, yeah, are adapting the Gingerbread Girl. Bra- uh, the, this guy, Greg Brax Baxley, also directed. Are you ready? What? Action Jackson. Oh. And I come in peace. <laughs> <laughs> so wait. I come in peace or I come in pieces? I come in peace. Okay. The, the Dolph Lundgren. The Dolph Lundgren. Yeah, yeah. 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 I, I just love that. It's more... It's more... King... Anything King doing just being made into a film or yeah. a project or, or, you know, what have you. Um, Chris Evans, Captain America. Right. Um, is... The currently bearded The Captain currently bearded... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... Uh, he has a new film coming. Um, he just saw a new film called uh, Greenland. It's a disaster movie. Uh, normally, I wouldn't care, but it's being directed by Neil Blomkamp. Well, so that could be. I, who knows what it's going to be then? Um, I, you know, what I wish Marvel would do with Captain America <laughs> yeah. is that, you know, he's he's sick of it all. 
you know, he comes from a time and and he he's like Mr. Goody Two Shoes and wants a wants a simpler like like he just put him in the mountains like he becomes a mountain man. He goes he goes up into the mountains and he rejects all technology. I I got it, yeah. Captain Jeremiah Johnson. Exactly. Who <laughs> <laughs> kind of does that? I want that movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if he he was even decent in. Um, Snowpiercer, which that's a hard thing to pull off. Yeah, <laughs> it was terrible. But uh, let's see, uh, Lost in Space season two, big oh, hit. Yeah, I, it is a big hit. I, I still got to see it. Um, I hear nothing but good things. I love the, um, uh, the the advertising for it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, who's the guy I'm thinking of? Sal. I don't know. Uh, graphic designer, um, man with the golden arm. Oh, okay. They're doing that type of. Uh, oh, like vintage lobby posters. Yeah, exactly. Stuff for which means to me that at the very least they're paying attention to that sensibility. You right. Know, and and uh, uh, I find it amazing that the robot has become a bit of a sex symbol. I know that's crazy, right? <laughs> I know it's weird. Yeah, all these. All these people are talking about how hot the robot is. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Dude, it was the same with Shape of Water. Like, I, I thought yeah. that Gilman was cool. Yeah. Uh, so many people, I'm, I, I was going to say women, but people uh. think he's hot as fuck. So. Yeah. And I also, the, I hear one of the complaints is about the Gilman in, in Shape of Water was literally, we didn't see his dick. And, like, how did that happen? Like, really? Like, that's your takeaway. How do we not see? <laughs> yeah. And then there was a thing online I saw where the, someone proposed based on biology, like fish by anatomy, right. how it would all happen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, internet. Um, if, this I kind of like. If this, but I also but anyway, Emil Hirsch is <laughs> is lobbying, talking to anyone who will listen about doing a Wachowski directed Speed Racer two. Because what else is he going to do? Okay. Yeah. So, um, I love the Wachowski Speed Racer. I do too. I, I we've ad- talked about it on the show. I adore it. Um, I understand why people. I understand why people don't like it. Uh, yeah. I, I get it. I, I. 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 But I think if they just open their mind yeah. and just experience it as, as I've opposed said to many times this all any if you saw Speed Racer and you didn't think it visually it was super cool I have a cookie for you right <laughs> <laughs> and sit down in about a couple of hours we'll watch Speed Racer and you'll change your mind yeah it's a it's such a psychedelic it movie it's such a trippy yeah. looking movie and it's um as silly as it is, because uh-huh. it is—it's uh, absolutely so, silly. Yeah, it's absolutely, but it's supposed to be. But look at the source material. Well, you know, here's the thing. I went back because that was one of the things. I I got off the bus when I was a kid, uh-huh. and I ran to get in the house to catch all of Speed Racer. Yeah. I have gone back as an adult and watched that <laughs> sh- that cartoon, yeah. and I it boggles my mind how any kid could have paid any attention to this at all. It is slow. It is boring. Yeah. It is like I it's just like all of those Astro Boy or terrible cartoons. Yeah. Green Boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we watched him as kids. You know. I, I, I guess that's you know proves that 
If there's nothing else on, you'll watch anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a cup last week or the week before we talked about DC is doing a streaming app, right? Um, trying to do the th- same thing Paramount did with Star Trek Discovery. Is that what it's called? Yeah. The uh-huh. uh, this will mean nothing to you, but they're doing a 13 episode Doom Patrol, which is solid. That's a good series. And okay. So there's that. Moving on. <laughs> well, so, um, the DC streaming thing is interesting. That they're bringing things that may not have the oomph to make it as a film. They can bring it to streaming. Yeah, and that's very cool. But what I worry about is like there's so many streaming platforms now. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm not going to sign up for all of them. I'm not going to sign up for. I any. really want to. Mm-hmm. I really, really, really want to check out Cobra Kai. Yeah. Oh, I'm not going to. But that. I'm not going to. I'm not going to pay for uh, what's essentially a completely different service Mm -hmm. for one title. Yeah, well I think the model that is going to come is like like you'll be buying content. You won't you you, you'll pay less for your cable but you're going to pay more for for individual things. Yeah, I think that's the way that because what was happening was is all of these Television channels were watch, looking at the Netflix model and that kind of thing, yeah. and seeing just money falling through their fingers. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, they get money on um, for commercials and that kind of thing, but I don't know. It's it's a weird it's a weird thing. I I think sooner or later there's going to be too many. Yeah. And only the the brave. It's like everything. Yeah. It's yeah. like, do you remember MCI? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, Sundance Channel canceled the uh, Happen Leonard. Oh, uh, that sucks. Which is too bad. There's a there's a petition online to try to get it going. It is too bad. I I can see it happening because it, again, same thing. There's too many. There's too many outlets for stuff. So mm-hmm. if you don't have the Sundance Channel, yeah, you're you not going to see Happen Leonard. Uh, a lot of people are canceling because they the only reason they had Sundance Channel was for Happen Leonard. Oh wow! But they're coming out like the first season is out on Netflix and I don't know. I don't. Know. I I think that uh, the the inherent problem with Happen Leonard is it's a world that you when you're in it you like being in it, yeah. which is great for TV. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, book to book to book to book, there's a formula there. Right. And you know so. Well, I, that not so good for TV. I think, I think the way to do those books is rather than thinking of it as a series, mm-hmm. season two, season three, and even though each season might be a different book, mm-hmm. don't even do it like that. It's like do do like um, what AMC has done with the Terror. Mm-hmm. It's like it's not a series. It's not, you know, there's no, there's not going to be a terror season two. Mm-hmm. It's basically a giant movie. It's like, it's a miniseries, mm-hmm. right? And then you just do that project. See how that goes. Mm-hmm. Does well, do another one. Mm-hmm. But don't but have a model where it's like... You that's know, American television, though. British television, they do those limited 12-episode oh, yeah. series and stuff like that. Oh, my God. I love the model for... Um, uh, Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. Where each episode is basically a two-hour movie. Yeah. You know. I'm and, in. And there's only like three for a yeah. season or whatever. So maybe hopefully they'll work that out. Um. So Netflix has did a a thing. They've done two of them now. The stand-ups. 
I think it's called. And what it is, it's, it's five or six half-hour stand-up specials right. by an array of different people. So they've got a new they've got a new one coming up. Thirty-minute comedy specials. The series is going to be called the Degenerates. Um, the f- names that they've had are Yamanika Saunders, who I I'm not familiar with. I was going to say they're going to interview members of Congress. <laughs> um, uh, Big J Okerson, who does some of the best crowd work on the planet. Lisa Traeger, who's hilarious. Uh-huh. Christina Pajitsky from Your Mom's House, and Joey Coco Diaz. For a, Joey with a half-hour show called The Degenerates. Come yeah. on. Gonna be great. Yeah. I'm very excited. Um, Cartoon Network seems to be bringing Harvey Birdman, attorney at law, back. In 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 uh, in a bigger capacity. He's he's gotten a promotion. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 I love that show. It was funny as hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I just it whoever whoever originally came up with the idea of taking these Hanna Barbera cartoons <laughs> and then adding to the well, I I, I I'm assuming in the very beginning they took existing cartoon footage and just added voices. I think actually what what started it was Space Ghosts Coast Space to Ghost, Coast. Coast to Coast, And yeah. using that stuff and cutting it up. Yeah. Um, it's very... Can you believe nobody... N- n- those dudes haven't done something with the Herculoids? I know. Oh my God. Yeah, I know. Like that, like, yeah, first I know. of all... Well, they went on to do... To, Maybe I'm confusing, but like there's a, there's a group of them in there that did like Sea Lab. Sea Lab was also and, um, yeah, Hanna Barbera. Uh, you could have done Josie and the Pussycats. Sure. There's there was this whole. I'm trying to. What was the gun? Death. Skullface. God damn it. Frisky Dingo was another one they did. Oh That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck that. That show was hilarious. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, there's that. Um, Fox has canceled most of the shows you like. Look on the internet. That's Every, just, they've canceled everything. It's so weird. Doesn't make sense. Yeah. Right. Some of the things that they can't. Brooklyn Nine Nine they canceled. Yeah. That doesn't make and any people sense. People adore Brooklyn Nine Nine. So much so that NBC snapped it right. They were like within a day. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're NBC or anybody else, you're like, this was stupid, and we've actually always wanted a show like this. Mm-hmm. Come on over. Uh, wow. It's. I, it it, makes, with it makes you wonder. Right? Yeah. It makes you wonder. They got to be planning something. Something. There's got to be, you know. Yeah. Well, a lot of their show, like some, most of the, a lot of the shows they canceled, Lucifer, The Exorcist. It was all that sort of spooky stuff. Oh, uh, dude, wouldn't it suck if this is like some like morality thing? Oh my I, god. <laughs> I, I I don't see Fox Fox Entertainment Wing getting morality anymore. Well, so. Not not like a dig at Fox News, but just their their part their Stock and trade has been things like Married with Children and The Simpsons right, and right, all right, these other right. things. And so for them suddenly to just veer... Um, it's just really weird. It is very odd. Um, another streaming service, MGM TV, has announced a show that all they'll say... <laughs> all they'll say is that the show is based on, quote, Hunter S. Thompson's acid trips. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be animated. I, I don't, don't know, know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> but I it's, am. It's interesting. I want to check it out. I am a hundred percent in. I can easily see it being a shit show. Yeah, I can but also see it being like a thirty-minute Peter Max thing. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just colors and things. Yeah, I'm in. I, I, at least sure. for one episode. Sure. I'm in. Well, yeah, you got to check it out. Um, 
You know, it just it just occurred to me. That's where that's where we're messing up, Tom. <laughs> we need our own streaming service. We I need the we bonus need material streaming, streaming service. service. Sure. <laughs> uh, let's see. Harry Mandel says he's uh, working on a revival of Bobby's World. Remember Bobby's World? Oh like my God! That 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 the Kurt Komodo voice. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. He uh, for now on, that's going to be the Kurt Komodo voice or uh, Paul Komodo <laughs> voice. Um, yeah, I guess sure. You know, you've got some juice now with your role. People like Howie Mandel piss me the fuck off. You know why? I'll tell you why. He's not funny. No, it's not even that. Motherfucker can act. Oh yeah. He's a good actor. And anybody who disputes that because of, like, you know, whatever bullshit things he's played in, go back and watch St. Elsewhere. Yes. Agreed. And it's Before like, you watch the movie he did with Fred Savage, where it, he was yeah, a, yeah, the, the, a I demon. My yeah, friend, the, the blue demon yeah, with yeah, crap yeah. on his face. No. <laughs> Dude. That's yeah, he was great in that. He was amazing. And, yeah. and I, I just don't get it. Um... And of all the things that you could do, why Bobby's World? I don't, I don't know. Um, word is the Gambit movie will start shooting this summer. I knew you'd be excited. <laughs> Channing Tatum <laughs> is Gambit doing. You know, it's going to be a bad New Orleans accent. He's going to be in a long coat. They're not going to get the hood thing on his face right, and he's going to be throwing <laughs> electric cards around. <laughs> I, 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 sure. Maybe they'll hire that guy. Do you remember the the the, the poker re, the reality? Poker series guy that was like really good at flipping cards, flipping. Oh, I'm sure you're sticking them in wood. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of that (laughs) in this. (laughs) Throwing cards through like slits in windows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, October 2019, Zombieland 2. Directors, writers, everybody, cast. I'm on board. I love Zombieland. I, I, you know, I, I'm sick of zombies, but. Zombieland was a lot of fun. I really yeah. enjoyed it. Um, Absolutely. Uh, so, yeah. You well, know what's funny? is The guys who made Zombieland, that was originally supposed to be a TV show. Yes. Years before The Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. They had they had this whole thing laid out. And uh, I don't remember how or why, but it wound up becoming a movie instead. And they were talking about Zombieland 2 a long time They were ago. talking about the series for a while, and then that fell through. I think it was with Amazon. Yeah. Um, it follows a trajectory that usually works with things uh-huh. where, you know, you the creature, the thing is in, introduced, right. maybe you do a team-up, and then ultimately you end up in comedy. Yeah. So, Zombieland 2, a and zombie comedy, feels a natural place to be right now. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing about that story is, like, you have a very definite end goal. Yeah. You're... you're you're not guaranteed that your third act is going to be good because people always seem to screw that up. Mm-hmm. But at the very least, you have an X that you're aiming for. Agreed. You know, and uh, well, I think that that's where a lot of times people screw up is they they start out, you know, mm-hmm. this adventure, and they don't have a destination in mind. I think there should be a law that when you hand in your first season scripts, mm-hmm. you have to also hand in your last season scripts. Yeah, that, that, yeah, exactly. So you know, like, in the end, we're going to go here. Yeah. We're going to end up here. Yeah. Um, we can, we can... But no one's listening. We can me. fuck around all we yeah. want. Within those goalposts, yeah. have a ton. Yeah. But ultimately, you know, when you decide to cancel us, we at least got... Give us four episodes yeah. to get out of this. My contract says, starts here, ends, ends here. here. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. 
Uh, Ron Howard, speaking of sequels, is talking about Willow 2. Sure. Wow. Now that, that I'm into. That would be good. Uh, I, you'd have to change everything because Val Kilmer is sure. elderly now yeah. and he's sick. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, no one is, no. you know, so... Um, that little baby's got to be... Like got to be like in his 30s, right? <laughs> At the very <laughs> least. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I love Willow. Willow Willow's is rep- fun. Willow is representative of a, a particular time that was going on in um, visual effects where it wasn't CGI yet, so you had people like Phil Tippett making these amazing stop-motion sequences, go-motion sequences, with that two-headed... Evilisk thing, mm-hmm. you know, which remember was named for Roger Ebert and Gene Siskel. <laughs> uh, I, I loved, I loved everything about it. Now you go back and you look at it now, and the some of the um, compositing work doesn't hold up. Sure. The, at the time, though, but at the time it blew my mind. Holy it, mackerel! Yeah, those I, little. The little guys, the, the little the guys, Kevin Pollock and Rick Overton. Oh my God, they were sick. hilarious. <laughs> uh, let's see. Lupita Nyong'o was cast in Jordan Peele's next film called Us. She's being cast in everything. Yeah, she is. Um, she's the, she's kind of the it girl at the moment. Uh, what happened to Jordan Peele's um, Lovecraft Country? It's on HBO. It's coming to HBO. He's just producing it. Oh, okay, he's yeah. Not, okay, okay. Yeah, this is I think the film he's doing. Gotcha. Uh, this is kind of interesting, and I know I know we we've clearly established you're not the comic book guy, but DC has announced a Gotham prequel. Ready? Mm-hmm. Called Pennyworth, and it's Alfred. It's Alfred. Back when Alfred was like a field surgeon and a fucking badass, and the guy they got playing Alfred now um, on Gotham, he was in shit like Dog Soldiers. Yeah. And a bunch of stuff. And he... I'm in. I'm kind of in. Gotham is is one of the shows that's continue, that is regularly played in our household. Okay. Um, I don't watch it. But, right. um, you know, because underwear. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> superheroes. But this... I'm on board for. Yeah. I'm going to see some guy in World War One, perhaps. World War One, yeah, World yeah, War Two. Yeah. yeah. He's like X R A F, I want to say, yeah. or some shit like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. That's the one thing about Alfred is that you know he 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 knows his role mm-hmm. as the butler and the guy that's kind of taking care of things. But you you also it's kind of like um, when you have uh, when you have a martial arts teacher that is um, one of the nicest guys in the world, but when when you're training, you see it. See it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. See that, that yeah, he's he's a guy that's got a background, and he's and he's a badass. And yeah. I just I think I'm I'm in. I think it's a good idea. Uh, so we talked a couple of weeks ago about Ryan Reynolds doing this Clue film. Yeah, it's going to be R-rated, I guess, because now all of Ryan Ryan Reynolds' films are R-rated. Sure, so, he so can, that he can make dirty jokes. He can make dirty jokes. Yeah. Uh, Elizabeth Moss, who was in The Handmaid's Tale, mm-hmm. was cast in a film, um, a bio of Shirley Jackson, based on the book by Susan Scarf Morrell. That's very cool. I love stuff like that. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people, I mean, unless it's like, uh, 
you know, becomes a critic's darling. Mm -hmm. um, There's a story there, as I well, recall. I'm yeah, there is a story. And I don't know that if there was madness or if there was some something that happened with her. I don't remember what it was, but I know there's something. But the same people who are going to see, like, Infinity War are not going to go see a movie about no, you're going to get Jackie because they don't know who she is. Yeah, you're going to get the Phantom Thread crowd and right, right, yeah. right. Or in this case, the Handmaid's Tale. Still crowd. to this day, man, um, the whole wide world mm -hmm. is one of my favorite movies. Oh yeah, the Howard thing. The Robert E. Howard movie. Yeah, Vincent I don't know exactly how accurate it is. Yeah, I, I imagine. I mean, everything I've read, it seems. I would imagine accurate-ish. Accurate yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is. Good, best you can hope it's for. It's truth adjacent. <laughs> uh, Obi Wan, they're doing a spinoff, and it's going to be set as a prequel to A New Hope. All right, sure, whatever. So, so we see Obi Wan living in the desert. Yeah, I think it's going to be. They're talking you and bringing you and McGregor, which would make cool sense if they I, can do that. I guess. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm telling you, it's like I don't, I'm not paying any I, attention to any of that universe until I fucking see. Uh, I want my I want my wild my Star Wars wildlife series. Yeah, yeah, that's what I want. <laughs> Young Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> you know what? Jabba is some, some thin guy gets his heart broken, just starts eating. <laughs> I need to I need to research. I want to pitch that idea. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wildlife series on Hoth and Tatooine and Dude. stuff. You put it on the Discovery Channel or, That'd be great. or, or, or Nat Geo. Dude, give it to Jim Henson. Uh, right, exactly. Yeah, I'm in. I'm sold. I, it would be fantastic. Is this on a streaming service I can maybe Let's see. Keep speaking of streaming service, Netflix. Coming to Netflix, She Ra and the Princesses of Power. God damn it. <laughs> Which looks kind of. It looks okay. It looks about what you'd expect. Are we. Are, I, I, it seems like. I had heard this, but I'm not sure. Are we doing a He-Man movie? Supposedly. Uh -huh. Supposedly. So th then the She-Ra animated, because Netflix is having good luck with their animated stuff with Voltron, and shout out to Neil Kaplan on Voltron. Yeah. Anyway, so um, uh, they, they're having success with this. Now. <laughs> um, Cartoon Network, on the other hand, is bringing a show called Thundercats Roar. And... Uh, <laughs> The animation style is... It's that... It doesn't look anything like Thundercats. Okay. It, it, it's really kind of simple and aggro, and it's super anime humor kind okay. of thing. It looks awful. And that really it bums me out. It sounds awful. I would have loved to see Thundercats done. Let's... Like, Thundercats done... Remember Warriors, Ronnie Yu's Warriors of Virtue? Yeah. The, the Kung Fu Kangaroo Kung movie? Fu Kangaroos, man, yeah. I would love to see, uh, I would love to see that. Like, yeah. Not guys in quite in, like, makeup, but, you know, like, these days, we can make people look like anything we want. Yeah. Um, and Thundercats was always badass. Like yeah. Gargoyles. Gargoyles would be a sh hell of a film. Oh, they, yeah. they did that. It was called I Frankenstein. No, not... <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Wow, we should have said that wrong. Hey! Anyway, so there's that. Going to trailers. Um, first thing is a trailer for this film, Axel. Um, I'm calling it A Boy and His Robot Dog. Yeah, uh, it's kind of... Uh, it's kind of like um, Short Circuit. So yeah. he finds this piece of technology, this robot, who turns out has a personality, 
Right. But it's a dog. Yeah. It's a big yeah. dog. Yeah, and I'll also throw in a little, like, a movie we talked about last week, um, uh, Laser Blast. Yes, like, like exactly. This, this kid finds this dog. Yeah. And... Of course, the people who are responsible for this technology, they yeah. want it back, mm-hmm. you know. And um, the dog's loaded with, you know, as dogs are, with things like rockets. And <laughs> 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 yeah, it looks it looks very 80s, um, so I think it might appeal to that nostalgic crowd. Yeah, I think this is... I, I would never go see this. Movie I'm never going to go see it, but I think that this would probably this is this would be a great movie for your, your kids to see. Yeah. yeah, oh yeah, eight year old boy would eat this up. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Um, next up, Spike Lee's new film, uh, Black um, Black Klansman. Black. It's spelt weird. Black KKK Klansman. Right. Um, it looks funny. It looks it looks really funny. It looks smart. Uh huh. Um, I feel like Spike has gotten off some of the soapboxes that, like, I didn't care for sometimes. Right. Um, and, uh, it, I, it, yeah, I, the, I'm totally on board. The premise is it's a small town in the South. They give over this investigation or it's something. It's in Colorado. Oh, Colorado, you're yeah. right. And, I'm not 100% sure, but it might be based on a true story. Okay. I, I feel like it is. Um, so this guy ends up, a black guy ends up um, contacting David Duke, right. played by um, the guy from uh, that 70s show. Um, David Duke's still still with us, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the idea is that they have to dummy up a, a white guy to play the guy that the black guy was yeah, on the phone. The black guy's talking to David Duke on the phone, setting mm-hmm. stuff up. He's a cop. Mm-hmm. And so they have to get... When when he goes to meet the Klan in person, obviously the black guy can't go meet him, so they, they get another guy from the force to go, mm-hmm. played by the guy who played... Adam Driver. Yeah, Adam Driver. Yeah, yeah. Um, who is not as invested... Right, he's as, a cop. As the, as he's a white cop, and a, and it's yeah. different, you know. So um, although it looks fun. there is a point in the trailer where where um, our protagonist is saying like, "You're Jewish. How can you not?" Right, as he says, "Have skin in this game." You know, mm-hmm. it looks great. Right, I'm, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm kind of in. I'm all on board. There, there was an old exploitation movie called, uh, if not directly called Black Klansman, mm. but it has nothing to do with this. Yeah, thematically. <laughs> But it's a it's a cracker that it's super it's of its time I'll yeah. say that uh, up next oh, Mer- but before we move on do you remember the the Dave Chappelle oh yeah yeah uh, <laughs> something Biggins was his yeah name. I Biggins, can't remember Biggins but, yeah. was the Black Klansman yeah um, Freddie Mercury bio Bohemian Rhapsody got its first trailer yeah um, so a, a lot of people. Lost their mind mm-hmm. when they saw this trailer because it looks cool. It looks cool. It's obviously. I'm glad that they didn't try to get um, the actor, uh, Mr. Rami Malek, yeah, yeah uh, to sing. Well, he sings in the movie. He does sing in the movie. Yeah. Okay, and he sounds great. Supposedly, they it had to pass muster with. The band. Yeah. The band had to listen to him sing something and agree that well, he would it's not work. him singing in the trailer. Not in the trailer. Yeah. Um, a lot of people are upset because most of the... Lo- all of the love interests seem to be female, and Freddie Mercury was notoriously bisexual. Right. And supposedly there's no mention of him passing from AIDS. 
Well, and that's it, important. Well, from what I understand, is this is basically the story up to the big the uh, web the festival web league. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but I think that and then it, it just kind of stops. Yeah, if you're there, you know, and you're we're already running movies that are two fucking hours and a half, two forty-five long. Right, right. I think part of the tragedy of there's a tragedy there in that story that they're they're just ignoring. You know what? Well, you know what would be. I would love to see happen, and it'll never happen because the band has such a tight control. That's mm-hmm. why this movie didn't happen for so many years when yeah. Sasha Baron Cohen was going to uh, mm-hmm. play. Um, is uh, what would be really cool is like, yes, we get this movie, and it's all about. Yeah, it seems like it's all about you know that Queen we, Rocks. Yeah, Queen Rocks, right? You know, we are the champions. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, they and they go out on the highest point. How cool would it be then to bring the same actor back? Different director, uh-huh. completely different movie, tone, everything. Where it's it's has nothing it to do with the performances. Agreed. Yeah, you know, and it's just as because there's how how is there not drama there? Yeah. Well, remember when Sasha Baron? We we've talked about this on the show, but <clears throat> when Sasha Baron Corn was attached, Cohen was attached. Attached. He afterwards he was on Howard, and the band when the band came to him with the idea. The movies they wanted the movie to begin with the death of their singer, right? And the rest of like the movie he was, was barely going to be in it. He was barely going to be in yeah. it. And sorry, guys, yeah. but that sells one ticket. Yeah, and that's to Sasha Baron Cohen's mom. Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. So anyway, uh, a confusing trailer next. The new Gaspar No film Climax. Um, a lot of flashing images. A lot of flashing and weird. It's kind of like what Love was. You know? Yeah, I'm in because it's Gaspar Noe and that he's a filmmaker that doesn't doesn't give a fuck. Right, he doesn't flinch. That. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's really impossible to say what it's about, other than they keep. It, it seems like it keeps showing uh, this kind of nightlife, fun decadence, mm-hmm. and then as the trailer goes on, it gets darker mm-hmm. and and so uh, it's like oh it's all fun and games until someone catches their hair on fire right. or you know whatever other weird images we see in mm-hmm. this so really hard to tell very I'm arts- in very artsy yeah but I'm in next up uh, I do have a reason why I put this one on here <laughs> and that's this Keanu Reeves Winona Ryder rom-com called Destination Wedding yes uh, it's Funnier than I thought it was going to be. It looks terrible. Don't get me wrong. It looks, you know what? I think terrible is the wrong word. I think it looks representative of a genre that yes. we don't really care. There's about. a chemistry there. There's definitely a chemistry there. Somebody, someone online said uh, it's 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 a different trailer when you watch it, thinking that the title isn't Destination Wedding. But it's John Wick 2.5, <laughs> and that works. It's hilarious that yeah. way. Um, yeah. Basically, it it takes a this is a common romantic comedy trope. It's like two people who, on the surface, seem to can't stand each other, are thrown together in a situation that they don't want to be in, mm-hmm. and despite all of that, and despite them not wanting to, they fall in love. We just had one of these, didn't we? With with the girl from Pitch Perfect, had something to do with the small table or something like that. They're at a wedding and they're at a small table. They're at the kids' table because uh-huh. they can't wear to don't know where to put them. Something. Yeah. It looks horrible in that regard. It's a it, it's a very very. Your mom movie. is gonna love this movie. Yeah. But mostly, I'm interested in the like 
Like, what? I wanna, it, I, I'm interested in the acting because both of them are good actors. Yeah, and I'm interested in the idea, like, mostly of, like, at what point do you, especially Keanu Reeves, go, this is the one. You know, this is the film I'm going to do. Is it purely to work with Winona Ryder again? Maybe. After Dracula or whatever? Maybe this is a bridge to go from John Wick to... Well, he's been doing... He does that now and again. Like, he does a couple of high-profile things, then he'll do films like Knock Knock. Well, you know, and he's notorious for, like, giving a bunch of money away, so maybe maybe these are the the pay-the-bills money. Maybe. And it's probably easy. I go to, what, Tuscany for a month, hang out with Winona Ryder, get treated like a king. He, He made that other movie that, like, A Walk in the Clouds. Walk in the Clouds. Which is... It's a fine film. It seems like... At at the very... You know what? This is Walk in the Clouds as a comedy. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. It's fun. Sylvester Stallone, Dave Bautista, 50 Cent in Escape Plan 2. Um, I have zero interest. I don't even know what's going on in this thing. I I know that it seems like he's a guy that gets purposefully put into prison to get out, to break out or something. It just seems just like part of his team. Over. <laughs> I, I, I lay it out for you. Part of his team is stuck in this prison. I don't know if they were undercover or what, but they're in there, mm-hmm. and it's fairly futuristic. Mm-hmm. It's this high tech prison, so they got to go in and get him out. They got to spring him, right? Mm-hmm. Simultaneously, what's going on in the prison? Fights, bare knuckle fights, bare knuckle fights, as they do. I hear in prison, yeah. and because you're going to risk I, I all of it. I never saw. We were never betting on shit in the prison that I worked <laughs> at. There was none of that. It would have been so much cooler if it had. Yeah, yeah. I I don't know. This this just looks like. Um, uh, I've already seen a couple of the trailers that aren't on this list for next week that that Van Damme is doing, and it's it it feels like. This would be rocking if you were forty three or thirty five, mm-hmm. <laughs> but you're not. You're seventy. You know, and it, of, this is ridiculous. Speaking of Van Damme, this brings up this whole this whole streaming issue, or or at least the the issue of having so much content available. Um, have you heard anything about Jean Claude Van Johnson since it came out, and everybody was like, "This is great." Yes, I, I know. I heard it got renewed that they're going to do a season. Okay, two. all right. Because I good. hadn't heard jack shit and. I heard it was and genuinely it, funny. It is funny. It's yeah. it, if it's you know what? It's only funny if you're of a certain age and you know who Jean Claude Van Damme is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was showing it to like some kid and they're like, well, "This guy's a doofus." Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. You don't get it. You don't get it. <laughs> That's the joke. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, the new Villars Von Trier trailer. Matt Dillon, Uma Thurman. This movie's called The House That Jack Built. People reportedly walked out of it at Cannes, vomited. Yeah. Speaking of people losing their minds, yeah. Okay, well, first of all, it looks violent. It looks horribly violent. Yeah, but look at Antichrist. <laughs> well, exactly. So my my thing with Lars Van Trier is, I feel like, and I don't know if this is true. Uh-huh. I feel like he's he's the highbrow filmmaking equivalent of a shock jock. Yeah, he does this shit on purpose. And that's okay, as long as he does it well. Mm-hmm. Um, this looks like it's he's doing it well, but I just I sometimes feel like 
The story isn't there. I also, yeah, it just feels like, what can I do? I can go in some place and set my hair on fire and get a reaction. Right. But I don't know that necessarily that's enough for a two-hour fucking movie. Right. Um, Antichrist had moments, I thought, of brilliance. That's what that's what frustrates me. Mm-hmm. There's like pieces of his films that are just like, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. But, but again, holding it together. In the end, it has to make sense. Right. And if it doesn't, you can't describe it or, or, or polish it away by saying, oh, it, oh, it's art, and it isn't meant to be understood, or they're all another claptrap that mm-hmm. people say. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm interested just because I think I like the the, I, the idea of an art film as violent as that. Yeah. Oh, he hits Uma Thurman with a jack in the face. Right. And it's like, holy mackerel. So, you know. So, art film, extreme cinema. Yeah. A marriage of the two. Yeah. Looks like. I have a feeling that the Brackens, shout out to the Brackens, are going to be all over this Yeah, I have movie. a feeling. Yeah. yeah I have a <laughs> Next up, movie um, called Mile 22. Mark Wahlberg, Ronda Rousey, Lauren Cohen from um, Walking Dead, and Aiko Awai from the Raid films. Uh, this reminds me of Richard Donner's 16 Blocks with with Bruce Willis and Moe Steph. Yes, it, it's very it similar. It reminds me a little of Assault on Precinct 13. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, I will watch this purely based on Aiko Awai. Yeah, sure. I'm gonna want. I have on my Netflix queue Beyond Skyline, which mm-hmm. I know is going to be terrible, but Aiko Awai's in it, and yeah. I know he's, there's going to be some bad. There are those shit. movies where it's like, I know this is going to be shit, but I know there's going to be a good fights in it. Yeah, yeah. And this we, this, we have one of those later. <laughs> we, yeah, we do. In in my opinion. Okay. Uh, let's see, uh, this may even be it. Mission Impossible 6 Fallout. That's the one. Tom Cruise, Henry Cavill. <laughs> um, I only want to see this for the bathroom fight. The Agreed. bathroom fight is like, it, it, it looks great. Yeah. yeah, and I guess there's like scenes of like really Tom Cruise without a parachute falling through the air. Yeah. Uh, there's a, supposedly the big poster moment is he... There's a helicopter lifting a big parcel of something, mm-hmm. and he's out there with no. He's hanging around on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I liked it better when Jackie Chan did it. Yeah. yeah right, right. <laughs> but isn't it funny that of all, I would have never pegged Tom, Tom Cruise, Cruise to be as that the next guy. Jackie yeah. Chan. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he seems to enjoy doing it. Right. You know, so that's cool. Um, next up, uh, looks kind of like a comedy. Sorry to bother you. A black man tries to make it in business by adopting a white voice. Yeah. More social commentary. This is this is way something. If it's actually, on Netflix or something, I might I don't remember, it. but I... We may have covered this trailer I think once we did. before. Yeah, this uh, is a little more of the plot, though, I yeah. think. And it looks good. Mm-hmm. It's And it addresses the issue of um, faking it till you make it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, not becoming what you are, fake. are faking. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Agreed. You know, staring into the the you know you you, you, you look into the eyes of the monster that you become the monster. Sure. Sure. Know. Yeah. Yeah, and in this case, how much how much of his quote unquote blackness has he given away for you know the opportunity to be some creature comfort? Right. Or no, it looks great. Kind of interesting. And then finally, um, a movie called Who Are We Now? Zach Quinto's in it, and most importantly, an actress named Julianne Nicholson. Yeah. She was in uh, Law and Order: Criminal Intent. Mm-hmm. She was one of Goran's many f- sidekicks. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Uh, I'm in it just for that. This looks like heavy lifting acting wise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, very intense. Um, yeah. She's a woman who comes, is freshly released from prison. She's got a kid who is staying with her sister, but her sister won't give the kid up, you know, for whatever it's, reason. It's, it's addressing that whole thing when you get out of prison, how, you know, it's like, I've paid my debt to society. But I'm not really done paying, am I? Yeah, no, yeah. yeah. You know, no one like, will hire me. Yeah, everyone, no one trusts me. Right. Yeah, it looks great. She looks great. Yeah, she looks fantastic in it, um, and uh, it it looks touching. Mm-hmm. It looks compelling. Um, oh, there's a line where after I, I think her and Zach Quinto have had sex, mm-hmm. she's leaving, and she, and he goes like, "Give me your number," and she's like, "Why?" And he's like, "Good point." Yeah. yeah, like there's that kind of nihilism. To yeah, it. that sort of just life is so fucked. Yeah, yeah. I'm in. Um, what we've been watching? What have you been watching? Um, uh, nothing. Um, the terror. Yeah, it, but I haven't watched any any episodes beyond the 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 last time that we sat down. Okay. Um, yeah, I haven't. I just I haven't had time to watch anything I hear this you. week. I yeah. hear. Um, I got to uh, Amy Wong, Hard Knock Wife, new comedy special on Netflix. Amy Wong, fucking hilarious. Mm-hmm. Pregnant out to here the first time. Well, she's had her kid and she's pregnant again, and they released it on Mother's <laughs> Day. And now she's got a, a whole bunch of material about being a new mom. Mm. It's hilarious. Also, Harry Condobalu. There's a special called Warn Your Relatives. It's very smart. But it's not um, knee slapping. It's not like laughing out loud kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's, you snicker a lot and go, yeah, then that's funny. And then finally, my wife um, uh, brought me to, I guess, to see her new boyfriend, and that went, and that was at uh, Avengers: Infinity War, because my wife is now, I guess, married to Thor. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we went and saw Avengers: Infinity War, and. Um, Wow, I don't, I don't even know what to say. There's, <laughs> I described it to a friend of mine today that if I had a, if I went out on my lawn and picked up a dog turd, and I brought it in here and I just started punching nickels into it, with enough nickels, it looks kind of cool, <laughs> but it's still a dog turd. It's such a struggle. This film is such a struggle to to give everyone their moment. And right. move what this limpy plot forward to the to an ultimate. I'm going to try not to give spoilers. To an ultimate situation at the end of this film that you know is going to be reversed in the next film. Right. Um, I don't like any of these movies. Right. But but I am going to say to the fans of these movies. Keep in mind, Tom hated Thor Ragnarok. I, I, and I, I know you Thor. all loved it. Yeah, so, yeah. So, so I hated Thor Ragnarok. So keep that in mind. But right. I just feel like there's so much going on, and there's, 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 it's the same thing that that I that bugs me about. I like an ensemble movie. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, an ensemble movie is one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Right. Um, and I just feel like. There's there's just no way that that the focus, all these characters can be dealt with properly. The I, focus shifts all over the place, yeah. and things happen. I do think 
to be fair, my wife, I, she thinks she figured it out. She, fig- I think she figured it out. <laughs> and so I'm not going to say anything, but uh, I'll tell you off mic. But uh, um, yeah, I mean, I love that people love these movies, but you know, I, I go into it, I guess, differently than other people, and I have a different expectation. Well, the, you and I both have the, and I, I. I I, I, I recognize this as a flaw. This is not a good thing. Mm-hmm. This is a flaw of both you and me. And mm. that is, we have this immediate knee-jerk thing that says, everybody loves it, it must yeah. be shit. Yeah. And that's not good. Yeah. Oh, I know, I know. And I try, I work at that. I do have a, we'll see, <laughs> attitude. Um, and I think you that's healthy because you should see for yourself. Right. Um, on the other hand... Um, uh, I come to the experience wanting different things. I think I don't. It's not enough that it's colorful and I'm entertained. I mm-hmm. want I wanted something that I can carry with me, and I just don't see any of this. Um, are you reading anything? We're almost um, done. We're almost out of here. I'm rereading um, the Devil's Rose. Okay. Which is a Brom. Uh, okay. Oh yeah. Book. Uh, yeah. So I'm 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 rereading that for for a reason. For a very good reason. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm still reading Vengeance's Mind, Mickey Spillane. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Again, I, I've been reading it for a while. I've been slow. I'm kind of savoring it, reading the chapter and purposely putting it away. Sure. It's 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 a product of the 1950. I'll Absolutely. say that. Uh, listening to anything good? Um, I've been listening. Uh, uh you know, I, this is the, this is probably the one time of the show that I don't enjoy because <laughs> I. I'm not a guy that like I don't I don't explore a lot. I yeah. know what I like. You go to your I know I've got like. a limited timeline. And that's I, great. I listen to um I've been re listening a lot to the Woodbox Gang. Nice. Um and uh also maybe for a reason. Marvel yeah, also maybe for a reason. And marveling at at uh, Hugh Daniel's um lyrics and turns of phrases and nice. uh um they're they're it's you know I, I feel bad because th- I think those guys those guys had they had the chance they had they could have become not huge nobody's gonna you know not everybody's into gothic Americana or whatever right. you want to call it but they could have been they could have been bigger than just this regional band mm-hmm. and uh, you know and then you you know you go to federal prison for three years and that kind of takes the wind out of everybody's sails well by the time you get back everybody else is doing something else yeah it's hard to start over yeah 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 uh let's see last week i talked about a band kentoma i dive i dove deep into their shit um just landed out of town the remixes as a self-titled and remixes and bonus tracks they're a great ambient band c-a-n-t-o-m-a Go to my Facebook page. If you look deep, I always inc- when I review something, I always include a link to a the link music. To, yeah. Uh, new John Hopkins called Contact Note. That's straight up ethereal, droney music. Um, Plan B, Heaven Before All Hell Breaks Loose. Electronica, it's terrible. Skip it. And then the new Rykuter, Prodigal Son. Yeah. It reminded me a lot of the, the new John Prine. Um, it's older men reaching the end of their days and biting down hard on Jesus. Mm. You know, there's a lot of like, when I die, when I get to heaven, and when I, right. you know, when this is all over, a lot of that kind of verbiage. Right. Um, and then finally, this is this is just bears mentioning, um, K- 
comedian named Special K. The record's called Live from Atlanta Comedy Theater. This is a straight up uh, what they comics call a black room and a black comedian working a black room, mm-hmm. and it's very inside and it's very it's very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could see how a lot of people it's too inside baseball. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Does that sound like a dick? Yeah. Um, a lot of it went blew right by me. I, yeah. I, I, I get that that's funny. I don't know why that's as funny, but mm-hmm. I, it, as I do. But you accept that you as a white guy just... Yeah, it's just that joke wasn't for me. Yeah. And that's, that's good. Right. Um, and that's that. Uh, thanks again to Ron Balicki for coming yeah. on. That was awesome. It was. Um, it's really good, you know, because you, know, you stay in contact with people... You know, uh, loosely mm-hmm. through the internet and whatever, unless you're unless you're actively training with them, you realize twenty some odd years have gone by since the last time that mm-hmm. I saw this guy, mm-hmm. and uh, um, so it's great to actually talk. Yeah, you know, and and I think the other thing that's really cool that is like I I, I have only met Ron since I talked to him for. Um, I, I Frankenstein, but with you guys, it was interesting in that, even though all that time has passed, is there's that camaraderie that's bred out of training together, even at seminars or whatever else. It's right. like it, it's the shared sort of esprit de corps, for want of a better word. Well, yeah, I cool. mean, if nothing else, Very you cool. know that that guy has been hit by this teacher. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you've been hit by this teacher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know what that's like. Yeah. Yeah. That's so Edgar Salit stuff was great. Anyway, um, that's it. Uh, next week, we got somebody that we're not going to talk about because he's awesome. And uh, we got, we're booking some really <laughs> cool stuff coming up. Um, uh, for the, ne- I think, as I look at our schedule, we got nothing but cool shit coming yeah. up till at least August. August, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, again, please tell a friend, go to the Facebook page. Um, spread the gospel. Spread the gospel. Let us know. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, um, all that stuff. Uh, thanks again. We really appreciate it. For the Bonus Material Podcast, I'm Tom Carnell. And I'm Langley West. Stay scary. So what? Eat deal.